completely different stories. Hello, we're gonna be having it. So, hi everybody. <laughs> uh, um, y'all heard me talking in the background. My bad. Um, <laughs> we have a kind of full esque kind of studio in the um, in the studio. I don't know what I'm talking about, but this is Joy, <laughs> and this is My Depression's Got Jokes, the podcast where we disarm uh, the stigmas of mental illness, mental ashiness through humor. Uh, Montrell is not with us today. He is currently looking for a new set of lungs. Um, <laughs> he has bronchitis, so send him as much love and light as you could possibly muster because he deserves and He's awesome. So in the studio I have with us today are two very important and special guests, not only to the community, but to the black world at large. I know I'm giving y'all a lot, but that's just what I do. So y'all go ahead and pick up your mics <laughs> because y'all are here. Whichever one y'all want. Hold on, let me see. There you go. Yep, you did it. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk. Why y'all so scared? <laughs> Hold on. Great. Try this one. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Try that one. Check, check, check. There you one, go. Two. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Am I good? Am I good? Let me see. Hey, is your own? Because I can't hear anything. Oh. So I just, I'm, I just, I'm assuming that, that people help. can hear me. <laughs> oh, Montreal shared my shared the video, the the live video that we have going right now Bless. on Facebook. Bless, Bless him because he he <laughs> he tried his best to be here. He was like, I'm just gonna show up and I'm just not gonna talk. And he hasn't responded to that message of me saying, you better. Rest Mrs. Longs and think about talking later. He hasn't responded. So <laughs> y'all just give him as much light and love as y'all could y'all could muster because flu season ain't no joke. Um, so yes, I'm gonna go to my right and feel free to introduce yourselves. That's my right, isn't it? I'm going that way. Okay. Well, my <laughs> name is Onaje Baldwin. Um, I'm just a human. I'm just a human that does things that I enjoy doing and I mean, you know, I don't have, I don't feel like I have a title of any sort. You know, I'm just a human. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just be doing stuff. Those are normally the people that have the most gas with them. The ones that be like, oh, I just be doing stuff. Sometimes too humble. Sometimes too humble. I mean, humble to a fault. <laughs> humble well, to a fault. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't, I just, you know, even even though I do uh, do so much photography, I still, when I introduce myself, I don't feel like, oh, I'm a photographer. Yeah. I, you know, even though I sing all the time, you know, professionally and amateur and just around the house, I don't introduce myself or really think of myself as a singer. It's just another way that I express myself. So the way that people view it, 
as this immaculate slew of things that you're good at, you're just like, it's Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just it. Like, I'm just doing whatever needs to be This is what I do. Done, you know? Right. I don't think yeah. about it. This is what I do. But what about you? Let's, 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 I mean, listen, I could introduce you. <laughs> I, I don't think I would do, I don't know all of your accolades. I don't, I don't want to upset you. It's not a lot of skipping something. Missing a couple of things. Say, wait a minute. I missed a few. I am, uh, I am Douglas Powell, Roscoe Burnham's, um, I am Onaje's sidekick. That's why I Don't was invited. That is why <laughs> I was invited. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, you know, when he goes golfing, I carry the clubs. <laughs> Never been golfing. <laughs> not once. <laughs> so it's really my only job. It's the only um, thing I do. And you know, it is how I give back to my community. And this is it's <laughs> whatever. <man. laughs> Come on, be real. Let's be real. Be real. Talk about some of your accomplishments. Um, all right. So um, Douglas Powell, Roscoe Burnham's uh, artistically. Uh, I am a, a, a poet and uh, educator, um, a community organizer. I am a published author, a national poetry slam champion, mm-hmm. um, a mentor. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I've been wearing a lot of hats recently, so you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing a lot of hats, mostly because I'm bald and I don't like people to see my head. But I mean, there's that. So, you know, so, <laughs> but I, I, do, I do a little bit of everything. I do a little bit of everything. I'm a writer uh, and, and, a, and an entertainer, and, uh, and I try to use that to, to help as, any way I can. Nice. Yeah, I feel like you're about to. No, I'm just like, he <laughs> left off a lot of stuff. What? And I'm what? impressed. I didn't, I didn't leave I'm off impressed. anything. You didn't, you didn't say you were, well, you said poet, which is very specific. I mean, but you're an overall writer. Let's be real. I'm a writer. You've written, you've written sing songs. You've written rap songs. You write poems. You've probably written a whole lot more. So, I mean, come I'm, on. I've written some stuff. Yeah. I've written a few things. Yeah, you, you can hold the tune. <laughs> you can hold the tune. I, I will, you know, I will let you sing back up for me. <laughs> If you not don't do none of the runs or nothing, just stick nah, to yeah. the, you know the real easy stuff. So. Lorna, be, Lorna be like, talk that thing. Yeah. Just talk that thing. Just talk that thing. <laughs> you were good at that. Sweet thing. Just mm, that you my sweet thing. <laughs> don't bring that song up because someone who was it you that mentioned that that song was Oh, that song is a side chick song. Oh god. Wait, what? Sweet right. thing. Sweet huh? thing. Ruined your whole childhood, didn't I? Just right now. I, yeah, but Hold yeah. On. Listen to the lyrics. What is it? I will love you anyway. I will love you anyway. Even if, if you, you cannot can. stay. Oh, shit. I think you are the one for me. Here is where you ought to be. I just want to satisfy you. You're but not you're not mine, mine, and I can't <laughs> deny it. I never thought. Yo, it, I was an adult. I was, to, I was, was today years old. I was today years old when I realized... <laughs> That was a side chick song, and I'm like, oh man. There's another, there's another side song that I can't. I'm blanking on it right now. That I was like, yeah, I was, the, I was a gift. Yo, who was it by? I'm trying to think. I know it was another. That black song artist. came up only because somebody had pointed out there was a Whitney Houston song that was like a side chick song, and we never realized it. All the man that I need, or something like that. Is mm-hmm. that it? Um, no, that's not it. I wish I could. I would go through and pull up the. Uh, if you're listening right. slash watching, if you could find. Could it be Saving All My Love? No. No, I think, oh, actually, wait. I think it is. Think saving, saving All My, my love, love For you. you. And it was about Jermaine Jackson or something like that. Like, she, she it was, she, like, Ugh. she was, yo, or, or, or one of them. It was one of the Jackson, one of the older I brothers. I want to say the father, Jermasty, or whatever. So. 
So Whitney Houston had eyes for a Jackson boy. <laughs> yeah, yo. Damn, the Jackson boys. Wow. I mean, I mean, it was hot. I mean, it was at the I time. Mean, at the yeah. time, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hot. that was wow. I guess. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> So they have oh, to think about this all Montreal. the time. Montreal. Montreal said it was Jermaine. It was Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Montreal. Hilarious. <laughs> right, well, well, since we ain't here talking about things that shape tables and <laughs> ruin childhoods, right. uh, let's talk about Virginia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the hellscape that has been Virginia the last week and a half or so. Wow. So... Throw the whole government away. Yeah, just, just throw the whole state <laughs> throw away. Throw the whole government away. I was on Twitter the other day, and someone nicknamed um, Virginia New Florida. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, that can't and be And I just kind of went... We can't make that... Uh, no, no, we can't. We cannot. I mean, look, man, as much as, <laughs> as, much as I would like we to did have like, that. Was it, three, was it four situations back-to-back, right? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. four. Oh, my. Wait, back four? Yeah. yeah. The latest is the guy that came forward and said, hey, I too have created racist yearbooks. <laughs> he's like, who was like, oh, I've, I've worn blackface before. I remember that. That was Mark and Herring. That was Mark Herring. Yep. Right? And, and then there was um, Justin Fairfax. Yep. That was the, the sexual assault case. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of course, Northam, Northam. That's how this kind of all got the ball rolling. Right. right. So what was the third? What was the fourth person? There's um, someone who, he was like the editor of right. the yearbooks. Yep. And he's the one that was included. He's like the attorney. It's he's not the, the attorney. He's not the attorney it? general, but because that's Mark Herring. Okay. So well, it's someone. I will find out. Give me a moment. <laughs> Shouts out to Jess was here. Jess, was, was, Jess uh, is checking in. So Jess was here is an integral part to this podcast because she created, she curated our official, unofficial um, Spotify playlist. Okay, nice. As well as she's like contributed so much to the show. She's been on the show multiple times. Even she's Jess been on the dope. show when I started in 2016 in my car with a microphone and my and my laptop. Wow. So <laughs> she's been here since literally the very beginning. Okay, okay, I found it. Uh, Virginia Republican was top editor. Now this is being reported by the New York Times. It says here. Um, <clears throat> Thomas K. Norman, Jr., the powerful Republican majority leader in the Virginia Senate, was a top editor of a 1968 college yearbook that included several photographs of students in blackface as well as racist slurs. Wow. Yeah. What was, what was the year for this? What was around uh, this time? 68. So, I mean, like... 68, okay. That's, you know, that's par for the course. Wait a minute. Yeah. the fact that we were like, okay. 68, well, okay. That's, it was kind of like... Oh, I mean, that's yeah. par for the course. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 68, this is what... 84 is like... Uh. When I seen the... Picture, and this is before I knew the year and I hadn't read mm-hmm. the whole article or whatever, right? I'm like, oh, old white guy in blackface and a clan outfit. This mm-hmm. has got to be like 65. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is like right around in the that time era you would expect like, this to be happening. Exactly. And then I was like, 84. I was like, Run DMC was already out. What's right. What's going on here? What what are we, we five years away from, <laughs> from Fight the Power. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. And they're like, you know what? This is fine. I love Michael Jackson. I was like, 84. <laughs> No, but even Curtis Blow had to be like, bro, that's not cool. That's not it. No. <laughs> Whatever it is that you're about to do. Michael Jackson was still it. black in 84. He was still black <laughs> in 84. And y'all went, I, I love him so much that I'm going to. The fact that his wife had to persuade him to not moonwalk. Oh, my gosh. I'm like. It's an inappropriate time to do the moonwalk. <laughs> She had to like. She had to be like. She had to like hold it back, like your mama when you in the car and she about to slam on the brakes. She had to put the arm out. Give you a precautionary. Hold on. Inappropriate. This isn't ridiculous, yo. I don't understand. She called the play like it was. She was a referee. (laughs) 
<laughs> she was like, flag on play. Inappropriate timing. Wait a minute. No. Get him out of here. do that. No. That's not it's, not how any of this works. Uh, so. <laughs> 84. And then this, this was his uh, college yearbook, right? Yeah. And then Medical college. Like, how do you have time and this to is do like all this? Grad school. Med- you know what medical I mean? school. Like, right. This is, he's like 26, 27 in this picture. How do you have time? Like, you're almost 30. <laughs> like, this, I don't understand. Y'all just went. This is not a, like an excusable thing. You're not like the stupid kid who right. doesn't know any better. Right. Oh, you're but, an he, adult. but that's no. how they paint it. That is how they paint they, it. Always, you're like, oh, he was such a cute, just a kid. Yeah, he yeah. was in college. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, guess what? Uh, Tamir Rice was in what? Elementary middle school. Tamir Rice was 12. Probably not even middle school. No. But he's, no. Well, you know, and that's just the thing. It's the way we apply the idea of you should know better. Who should know better? Mm-hmm. Either all of us or none of us. Like, right. don't apply it to just cherry pick to how you're yeah. going to apply that. It, yeah. it, it just burns me up. So it's much. who you allow to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So I did a, a workshop at Fairfield uh, Library the past week, and that's what the whole focus was on. I was mm-hmm. like, if you let other people tell the story, mm-hmm. if you let other people tell your story, mm-hmm. right, then all the facts are potentially wrong, yeah. right? You know, people make assumptions, yep. people say what they want to say, they mm-hmm. leave out what they want to leave out, and mm-hmm. then we saw, and then what, Trayvon Martin's birthday was recently, yep. right? Yep. And so we talked about Trayvon, right? Because if you let the media, certain, certain media spin it, then he was this, like, aggressive hard-headed kid mm-hmm. who was bound for jail, yep. was, you know, whatever. He was suspended from school. They pulling up his youth um, jail record, whatever, He whatever. smoked weed at one right. time. You know what I mean? Like, so they, they're just, they're pulling up everything they can they can find to demonize him, right? You yep. know what I mean? We talk about uh, Zimmerman and it's, oh, well, his dad's a judge and he mm-hmm. comes from a good family and blah, 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 blah. He, you know, how is he supposed to know? And blah, blah. and it's just like when you let other people tell the story. Tell the narrative, yeah. Right. Then the, the narrative gets totally misconstrued. You know yep. what I mean? So this is why it's important to use whatever platform you have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, it's radio or you're on stage or off stage or whatever your case, right? But the, you got to tell the story. Yeah. You got to say, we got to say, yeah. you got to be vocal about everything mm-hmm. because the way they telling the story out here, <laughs> they're getting, they getting it all twisted. They're getting it all twisted. And I don't even know they're getting it twisted, but they're telling it the way they want it to, to be right. told. The version I mean? that, this, that best suits what they want to put out. And this is why we have an issue with like history now, especially like history, the way it's taught in schools and whatever. Yeah. Like, because the people telling the story <laughs> are telling it the way, the way they want to tell it. No, That's it was, why I say the concept of fake news, it ain't new. <laughs> it's really not. not. It's not. It's been, I mean, you have people arguing down about what wars were about. Right. Fake news. Right. Slavery was about states' rights. Yeah, yeah the, the Civil War. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, the, sla- sure. the states' rights to do what exactly? Okay, then. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to go know, that far into the oh, question. No, that's just delving a little bit too deep. Just mm, stay on the surface. No, Texas that's not what I was trying to about. like change it so that they didn't say slaves. They were like migrant workers, oh, right? Or, okay. I was like, wait, what? No. <laughs> but see, no. I mean, as much as you might laugh about that, I've read that because of the fact that Texas orders such a large number of uh, textbooks mm-hmm. right. that is basically the way Texas goes, the nation goes. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, if, if there's a, uh, a textbook that says that in Texas, best believe it's in other states too. Right, that makes sense. It's it's probably all over the Bible Belt. I believe. Oh, absolutely. So it, it's it's really unfortunate. Um, but like you said, um, depending on who tells the story, that's what we learn. Right? Yeah. That's what we're taught. Yeah. You know, no matter how wrong it is. Right. So. And I'm a I've been a history nerd since. I could talk. And 
one of the things that I've discovered with history that has that pushes against what the that pushes against what people expect with history is that it it can't change. History is so it's there. history is there. Right. But we, like you said, we are never looking at the full scope of history. We're only looking at someone's version of it. Mm-hmm. Someone who who got to the paper first, mm-hmm. who got to the pen first, who was able to write down this account first. We followed that person, not knowing that there were multiple people around, or not even not fully being aware of it, but not cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, there were a bunch of people that were around. So I, I but someone so got to me first, so they must be right. Mm-hmm. So we're believing this. I'm telling my ten year old that how can you discover something where people already existed? And that blowing her mind and her being like, what do you, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the, those are the things that they aren't teaching you. That's the question. That that's the question. <laughs> it's like, and she's like, I don't know what to do with this yeah, information. <laughs> that would blow a kid's mind who's yeah. drilled Columbus discovered yep. America. Yeah. How do you, a place that existed and was already inhabited. Right. How do you discover that? That already had culture. Yep. That already had agriculture, <laughs> infrastructure, <laughs> government, community. Right. Like, already had a trade system. Yeah. Like they were literally just like they were already a working nation of, of people. Like, exactly. And somebody came in and went, no. <laughs> and then Get for rid of all this. I'm so indignant when you point that out, when you just gently say, hey, but <laughs> that's not exactly how it happened. Right. And then they're, and then you're faced with a, sometimes even vitriol over Absolutely. that. Absolutely, it's like how incredible. dare you? How dare you come up against everything I've ever known? Right. <laughs> but some of the things you've been taught were incorrect. Yeah, no, because my grandma said. Oh. <laughs> I think it's hard. I think it's and I, I, by no means does this statement give a pass to white people. Um, but I think it's hard. I think if you if you've been a nice white a nice white person, right? If you've mm-hmm. been a nice person, right, your mm-hmm. whole life, when you hear, oh yeah, your entire culture, your entire history is known for genocide and murder yeah. and stealing and cultural appropriation yep. and whatever. There's like like it it's almost like I don't want to say it's natural to get defensive, but you know it, pro- no, it, no, no, it probably no, is natural. It probably is. It's probably the first mm-hmm. thing because you yeah. want to protect what Especially you know after you've about. Been taught, but what about all the amazing things we've given the world? Right. Like, you know what I mean? We're not coming from a rich history. <laughs> the internet. Is that what you're talking about? Is that the internet where y'all freely call us all other right. sorts of things? Right. Because um, that's usually. You know, cool. we have a know rich that. you know history. We have a rich legacy. My family were Irish. Blah, 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 blah. That's so cute that you can like, trace right. your legacy. Right, right. <laughs> you can trace your lineage. How, but how honestly sweet. Though, honestly, though, I, I've read different things about history and people's names, and f- a lot of folks changed their names because they didn't want to be associated, associated, associated with that the history makes sense. that their family right. actually participated in. Yeah. They've, so you've got all these made-up names, oh, names yeah. where they switched a couple of the letters, yep. right. and now that completely rewrites your family history. Yeah. And they knew that history wouldn't be nice to people who that who who could be traced so it, it's it was done intentionally you yeah. know to to give their well, I don't know the word um not offspring but their um descendants descendants mm-hmm. some sort of cover right you know and that's I feel like everything's built for making cover for that you know yeah. everything there's just so much that's so. why there's so many f- 
There's so much room for white tears and weaponized tears and weaponized reactions to things and be like, oh, don't hurt their feelings. They're already upset that their ancestors did this, this, and this. Don't make them feel bad, even though what their ancestors did are still affecting you, your personhood right now. And they're like, no, don't make them feel bad. No, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. If you still uphold the system, you're still benefiting from it, and you and not just benefiting from it. Yeah. Because you can benefit from a privilege, but actively trying to uphold the system that supports that privilege. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm like, okay, now Now I'm gonna call you out. Right. If you if you're sitting back quietly just getting the benefit of it, I'm probably not gonna target you. Hmm. But once you're fighting to make sure you continue to keep that privilege, that's when I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you know, hey, what you're doing is actively preserving right. what it is you think you're not. Right. So you know, I, I tell them, you know, you know, my mom is always like, I just wish you weren't so political. <laughs> it just scares me. I just want you know, to you know that. so and I understand, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm sorry, Ma, I can't yeah. just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. I, I, I have the ability to articulate certain things that people don't. I'm gonna do it. That makes sense. You know. <laughs> Fuck all the <them> people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you actively trying to change. Like you not actively trying to change. Like, like, like I mean, so but I mean, trying to no, change. No, that's, that's, there's some redemption to that, right? I mean, like it's like you know, if you benefited from it, you benefit from it. Like I feel like there's people who kind of just kind of want to wash their hands of all of it. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't really do that. Right. You know what I mean? That's just, that's like, that's a, that's a real lazy way out for us. Right. Right. Um, and there's a form of privilege in that. You know what I mean? There's, there, there is. You know what I mean? To, to be able to just say, oh, well, it's not really that important to me yeah. because it doesn't really affect me. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a, this like complicit, you know, complicity or whatever. So, and then, I mean, obviously for people who are trying to uphold the system, I mean, fuck them. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, but see, people, there are people that are, that are supporting it and upholding it, who, but they're not necessarily aware. Yeah. They're basically being used as a pawn to uphold something. And they, they listen, that's why, this sounds crazy, but I remember when I was very young, the concept of like, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. I mean, but like when I found out like, White people were Christians. I was like, "What? <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, know, what? Exactly. I never. Okay, so okay, removed from ever being around any white people. Yeah. And then, like, learning about what happened in history. Yeah. I remember feeling like, and just and growing up with a strong church and Christian presence in the community that I grew up into. Yeah. And just knowing what's taught at church and the ills of the society to me it made not it didn't make sense yeah. that the majority of the society felt the way that we felt because we were hearing things and I'm like well if they if we're all learning this then why isn't everything fine right 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 so it but now I get it you can still love you some Jesus and <laughs> hate you some nigmas <laughs> <laughs> you know that's just the fact of the world. That's just the the, the way of the world. Yeah. I unpopular As, opinion. I don't personally understand how black people can be Christians. I recently, within the last year and a half, have actively. I know that's going to get me in trouble with my Christian friends, and no, I still and I love you still. I understand how Christianity I, yeah. helped black people 
throughout America's history. You know. Even that, the bastardized version of it. Yeah. It I had mean, it, some it, semblance it, of it, understanding honestly, there. It, it got us. But I mean, if your argument is if there was no black Christianity, what would have happened or what, how could things have transpired? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I don't necessarily want to say that. I mean, I'm not a person who considers himself Christian. So, but I'm not going to say that all of black people's problems, because I've heard people say things like that, stem from Christianity. I mean, I don't think that's true. But. Um, or that, um, I, I mean, I, I just, the basis of what I believe is that Christianity did serve a positive purpose for black people for some time. I think largely, just in really just organized religion as a whole, um, gives people hope, right? It just gives people hope. Like, it makes people feel better. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's cool. Sometimes I think that, that's kind of necessary, but I think it can be kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because when you kind of live in that, there's, there's, a, there's a complacency that kind of comes with that, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, Jesus is going to make it better. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pray five times to Allah or whatever. You know what I mean? However you, however you get down. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not going to do anything. I'm not gonna put no action in. I, well, there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a whole there's world burning that around. Say that you can't just do that. Right. I mean, yeah, but uh, but let's let's keep it a stack. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what people do. Let's keep it a stack. Yeah. People pray, right? Yeah. And then they, they the the deity is gonna take care of it. I mean, because we, I grew up Christian. I no longer Same. view myself as following that Christian religion anymore. Right. So, I went to private school and was in church damn near all week. And so (laughs) I, yeah. Super Christian. Super Christian. And so the understanding that you, this poor person, poor disenfranchised black individual, need to be able to to look up to something. And we're going to take your money in certain ways, certain capacities, so we can be able to keep these lights on. Right. And then if you pray hard enough and believe hard enough, we're going to do our job over here to make sure that you get whatever you need to do. Like, it's posited in that way in a lot of, in a lot of denominations, especially when you're doing um, prosperity gospel and all those things. Like, right. it's, it's posited that way because we can say, um, I can do all things through Christ as well as faith without works is dead, and it means two different things, but people will bring them together to try to mean the same thing. And in doing that, they, they, they screw up the entire mechanism of all of it. Right. And a lot of people aren't willing to go deeper and go, you know, what does this mean for me? Not as a whole, not as a community, not as the entire congregation. What, what do I get from this? And not in a selfish way. Just like my therapist and I have been talking very, um, like, I don't even know how intensely and in, in deep that we're getting in this conversation because we go like really far, my therapist and I, when it comes to religion. And she's like, you have to really take off the blinders and stop, stop caring about what you think the church cares that you believe in and decide what you believe in. Right. Do you, how do you view God? And that's something that no one else has, not that she gave me permission to do that, but no one like went to me kind and said... Kind of posed it in that way. Right. Yeah. She posited it in a way to say that you can have these conversations and God's not going to look at you like, how dare you? Right. And I think that's why so many, so many people... I, think, I believe there are so many people that want to get out of Christianity, but I terrified. I was one of them. 
Well, I mean, I think there's a there's a safety net there. Absolutely. You know I mean? Especially when you grow up that way. I Absolutely. Grew up in a Baptist church. Like, Same. You need you you had to have Jesus or you were done. You were right? you were going, going to hell. Die. <laughs> going to hell. But, but you ain't got no Jesus. But also it provides a humongous sense of community. I think that there's a oh, man, there's other ways to get community. I mean, I feel you. I'm not you're disagreeing absolutely with you. I'm sorry. Right. I, I'm not disagreeing with However, you. However, what I will say is that for some, there may feel like there's a lack of community yeah. when you, if you don't have a, a church home. Yeah. But I think that's detrimental to, I mean, I'm sorry, that's what I'm saying about religion. I think that's detrimental too. Cause like, I think largely people look for church and religion to kind of create that community. And there are other ways to get community. And mm-hmm. I actually didn't realize that for real, for real until I left the church yeah. and realized there are spaces like Versus where I literally have a much closer community and, and you know, circle of people that I trust and make me feel safe than I ever did at church. You know yeah, what I mean? Or yeah, there true. were ways that I, I created communities around me, right? Or found like-minded people who yeah. made me feel accepted and safe and, you know, whatever. And I found that after I decided to separate myself from the church, yeah. right? But before then, I'm like, this is where I got to go to get myself right. Yep. This is where I got to go to find people who are going to help me. Yep. This is where, and I was dependent, super dependent, codependent on that community and just that community alone. Yep. And I believe in a lot of ways it kind of, they create that in a way. You can't have any community outside of here. Even those people that are saying that you can't have any sort of fellowship outside of church, I believe is, it almost has this cult-esque way about it. I was about it, to say, it's almost like a cult. It's almost like a cult. And the thing that, that I've picked up with leaving the religion of it and really looking at the spirituality of it. I've had to tear it down and build it up so many different times in the last year and a half that I've been dealing with this and working through it and unlearning to relearn and deciding, okay, this works for me and this one doesn't. And not cherry picking and going, well, I like this because this helps me and I'm not going to look at that. It's not that. But looking at it as a whole and what it means for me as a black person, what it means for me as a woman, what it means for me as blah, 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 dot, 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 whatever else you want to put in there. And what I've discovered is I understood what community meant more outside of church than right. I did inside of it. Because me being an only child, me being um, a girl at that time, not really having a true understanding of my own blackness. Like we talked about this last week and in our church episode um, about a month or so back. Not really having an understanding of the two and not knowing where they meet. So having that community, it just, the community felt very judgmental. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, then we can't, have, we can't help you get this. And because I wasn't understanding and in some spaces wasn't willing to do certain things, then you're ostracized. Yeah, right. And there's nothing worse than being ostracized from God, because that's what it feels like. Right. Because let let the right minister catch and you at the wrong time. Oh and that's that, that's, <laughs> that, that's that fear mongering. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that, that's that fear mongering. Yeah. That's how, and that's how you keep people like invested in something that yeah. may not be necessarily that may not good, be good for them. Yep. You got to create the fear mm-hmm. that they'll be destroyed or they'll they'll be worse off yep. if they leave. The antidote. Right. Yeah. And, then you, and then you sell yep. the antidote. Because you, you know have to I mean? sell the antidote. Because I got three sermons coming up, so you got to come every Sunday to right. get this antidote. Because like, may may everything outside of, this, outside of these walls is secular. Secular yep. means evil, yep. right? Yep. And you know, and then that's that's what you that's what you're what's ingrained in you, and it's so yeah. indelible, especially as a youth. You know what I mean? And that you're scared. You're scared Absolutely. to do anything I've else. Seen, you're scared to, to make the mistakes. Yeah, I've yeah. seen people that felt like that because they couldn't 
live to the standard of their religious institution. Yeah. They just let everything go. Yeah. Because they felt like, well, if everything outside of that is evil, then what does it matter yeah. that I do something right. that's harmful to someone else or myself? Mm. And I'm like, how do you respond to that? Yeah. How do you let someone know that just because someone told you that this was this uh, collection of ideas was what was right, if you don't do that, it's oh man, it's, it's, just, a, it's I mean it's deep. It, like, yeah. really, it runs really deep. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what, what kind of ruined religion for me. There was a couple. There was a couple of things, right? So there was a conversation that, that happened between me and a, and a old friend of mine. We're not cool anymore, but um, who, he was studying to be like a youth pastor and all that. So now, mind you, at the time we had this conversation because it was about Gandhi, and at the time I didn't know Gandhi had a, was racist. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like Sacrilege. How dare you speak of Gandhi? He's Gandhi that one a, person I have that quote about. <laughs> it's written in my journal. How dare you? Um, Gandhi has some really, really racist views. He did. You know what I mean? With, you know. <laughs> so did um, Mother Teresa. Sorry. Right. So, Sorry, guys. You know, like, I mean, so, <laughs> you know, like sometimes you just gotta like, you know, like sometimes I give like old people, like old people, <laughs> I give them a pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like, like say you ain't gonna change some, like, all, sexist mm -hmm. or racist things. I'm like, ah, you really old. So it's like, you know, like, what are, what are you, you know, like, you know better, you just don't care. You know what I mean? Like you, I didn't, or, they, or they don't really know better. Like old people and babies. You know what I mean? They got, there's an innocence there. You know, like oh, you're too old to change. <laughs> you're too young to change. You're too old to change. You, know? you got to catch people in that middle ground, that like early twenties area. That's where they're most like effective. teen to twenties. Right, teen right. to twenties. You know what I mean? That's where you really got to. That's get where some you create in. your whole person. Once they're over sixty five, it's the it's, it's a done. Oh, done. Sh you know I've mean? been yeah. on that. My mom on on her way to seventy. She don't give a damn. We, we got into the conversation about Gandhi, and I'm thinking, like, Gandhi's just, like, this amazing person who did yeah. all these great works, right? And mm -hmm. he was, like, nonviolence and, you know, trying to save people and all that. Yeah. And then he was, like, my friend, you know, the time was, like, Gandhi's going to hell. And I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Why? Why in the world? And he's like, because he didn't accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I'm like... Wait, I don't understand. Yeah. So you mean this person who had dedicated their life to peace and nonviolence mm -hmm. and liberation and blah 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 is going to hell just off GP because he don't he don't really rock with Jesus like that. Right. I was like, I don't, is that do? Can we check in with Jesus? So <laughs> <I've> heard, <laughs> Jesus approved this, right? <laughs> I've heard ideas like that. <clears throat> um, I had one person tell me one time, and this is when this is when I started to realize. Okay, you know what? Everyone's all over the place. No one knows exactly, <laughs> exactly. what What's we're going, going on. on. No one knows exactly Nobody what rule really we're knows. following, which ones we aren't. Right. Someone said to me one time, well, if you're not Christian, the only way for you to get into heaven is you have to be perfect. And I was like, but you know? wait, what exactly does that mean? Right. Like, in what way? But right. I was like, compared to what? So what? They, I was, and and I, I gave a little push. I was like, so what do you mean? They were like, well, in whatever religion you're doing, you have to be perfect in that in order to be accepted into heaven. And I was just like, what are you talking that about? is the most amazing. <laughs> no, That's like, right. if you keep your PlayStation disc pristine, it'll work in the next box. No. Oh, that doesn't make sense. At all. Those it's are not, literal two different systems. You can't systems. put that in you the Xbox. No, that's not, that's not gonna, gonna work, gonna girl. Work. I'm gonna tell you another thing that ruined it for religion for me. Well, Christianity specifically, because I grew up Christian. So... When I started to get a, a more, a, I was more aware about my own identity, just being black and what that means and the history of being black in America and mm -hmm. things of that nature. And then you learn that the same religion that we, I'm going to church every Sunday and I'm reading the book and I'm yep. whatever, is the same 
like text that was being used to be like, oh, this is why you're a slave. You yeah. I mean? This mm-hmm. is this is where this is what God wanted for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you need to believe what we believe, otherwise you're gonna go to hell. Yeah. But you, st- but while you're here, you still have to live as a slave, mm. <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, that's confusing. <laughs> right. Wait a minute. How do I balance all of these? You Hold know what I mean? So I right. have to like deal with this like hell on earth, yeah. and then like believe what you say, believe in order to get like redemption later. Right. Like, am I being punished? Like, I don't even understand like how this. I don't even understand how they pitched this. Right. <laughs> like, how did, how did, who greenlit this? Who was the Christian salesperson? Because <laughs> they are good. This is a <laughs> Good one, y'all went okay. This is fine. <laughs> um, so I'm like, well, that's confusing, and that's got to be wrong. And right. I'm like, and so you start doing like your own, like your when you start research. really looking at. So when you start really looking at like just religious text, honestly, just mm-hmm. all religious text as text, yeah, like not like you know, not like this came, this was like this dropped from the sky, <laughs> <laughs> this book dropped from the sky, and now became like the rules to life. Right, just like there was a. Person, there yeah. was a human person who was just as flawed or more flawed than I am, yeah. who just and or several people who were just as flawed as I am, mm-hmm. who put all these words together, mm-hmm. right? Put all these chapters together, who put interpreted all, this, all these things, who interpreted all yeah. these things, probably wrong because it was white people interpreting interpreting uh, brown people languages. King James version. Um, sorry, sorry, white friends. I'm like, <laughs> 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 like, really going in on He's this like, today. Damn, I did not prepare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yo, like you got this, like you got this, like like semi dead language. If we're just yeah. poking, if we're just kind of poking fun at Christianity, right? You got mm-hmm. this semi dead language where yeah. this this book is written in, yeah. right? And then it gets transferred, it gets translated into this other language, right? It gets translated into this other language, mm-hmm. right? So now we're 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 from Aramaic to Arabic to to Greek, mm-hmm. right? And then from there, yep. it gets translated again yep. to then, English, mm-hmm. right? Interpreted and, by whoever is in front whoever, of your congregation. And whoever this, the, you know exactly. Like, and so many books have been destroyed or hidden or pretended that they weren't there because right. it's more Picking than sixty six books. Taking yep. out certain things, checking out certain translate. things. Yep. You know what I mean? So Pages I like, getting lost. I'm like pages no stuck way. together. First of all, I couldn't even keep a textbook straight. Like, in middle school, I couldn't even, I couldn't keep it clean. There was drawings of stuff all in it. You know what I mean? Pages got ripped out. Like, I couldn't I even find my poetry books from like ten, five years ago. How did uh, yeah. you manage to keep this one book alive Pristine. and well right. for so many generations? This Somebody something right. you are, like, you need to teach a class Somebody. on organizational skills. <laughs> <laughs> preservation. I don't understand. Because obviously something ain't right. Either I'm doing something wrong or y'all doing something wrong. How we lose entire civilizations of people, but we held on to one book. <laughs> we, you know what I'm saying? We still don't know where Atlantis went, but... <laughs> <laughs> We can't find no Mayans. You can't find no Mayans. <laughs> you can't find no Mayans. But we got one book. We got this one book the test of time. that has managed to keep 66 books only. <laughs> 66, chapters. 66 chapters only. <laughs> We find new chapters. We find new chapters every year, and it's like, nope, this one. So, <laughs> so I want to get to the to the meat of our discussion, even though we've been pretty meaty the last twenty minutes. Um, so, just a little background on on me and and my stances, and it has to do a little bit with like what's going on with Fairfax and all these things. Um, I do I identify as a womanist. I've been doing a lot of research when it comes to. Um, you know, black feminist theory, like all those sort of things that have piqued my interest, especially over probably the last five or so years, um, coming from a space that was primarily uh, church-driven, patriarchal. patriarchal. So, and now having a better understanding of my identity and it not necessarily have it, having to identify as one thing and not having to uplift one and demote the other. So... 
I wanted to, and this is something I've always wanted to do, and every time we have like a, at least a slew of men in here, is to ask those questions um, that sometimes can be a little uncomfortable to talk about, especially. I guess it depends on the men that you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because some of the conversations I had in the last 48 hours, I'm like, wow. I don't think this is going to be as hard as you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe, maybe that's the conversations that need to be had. Let, let others know that you can have conversations like this. Right. And a safe environment, an environment where both ideals will be honored and not, well, you have to listen to me because I am the blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So what does, it, what does it truly feel like to be black men in 2019? It sucks. Well, just, <laughs> the, the end. That was easy. Whew. Oh, well. Uh, thanks, Joy. Well, it's been a great going, show. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you. Thanks for all the work you're doing. <laughs> oh, it, sucks. it sucks. Thanks, everyone. It all sucks. right. I'm about to go home. Fuck this shit. So <laughs> okay, so I mean, I'm, uh, I will say yes, there are a lot of things that, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, been a lot of public missteps coming from black men. I'm not going to. It's a nice way to put it. <laughs> but I'm not going to take the blame for anything they've done. But it's yeah. a lot of fuck shit. It's a lot of fuck shit happening from men. <laughs> Get it together, guys. I don't know. I also think that we are starting a culture where we're checking ourselves. Okay. I mean, that we could be in the beginnings of that right now. And, mm -hmm. and it's not pretty. <laughs> I mean, because we're, I mean, I see a lot of, uh, a lot of gentlemen who who five years ago would not be on board or who would not understand what Say the Me Too movement was about. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people are starting to understand. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I think that, because um, even, you know, just uh, just last night I had someone um, in my family, actually, I'm not going to say who it was, but they were joking about R. Kelly and they were like, oh, so you're muting R. Kelly too. In a mm -hmm. way, and and we all were like, well, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> and you say that like it's a bad. So right. I was like, so you what don't you think? About? I was like, so you really want to hear those lyrics? Right. Do you know what they were about? And he was like, well, what do you mean? So I just was like, <laughs> seems like you're ready. And he was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Your mind's like telling you. When you know you that's know. about a 14 year old but girl. But your, your body's telling you. Like, yes. Your body's telling you, yes. What are you going to listen to? He was like, well, my mind. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> Don't do it. It's that's, wrong. That's a beautiful thing that you got to experience because you got to watch someone's light bulb come on, right. which does not happen Ugh. in real time very often. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Normally it's eight months later. Yo, remember when we had that conversation that one time? They just stopped talking about it, and, and then years later they yeah, you get a long ass like, text message. Yo, like what the hell? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate because you see so many people defending, or who's it almost looks like their knee jerk reaction is to defend mm -hmm. a lot of this ugly behavior that we're seeing, and it's like. Well, why are you, uh, if, if you want to be a hero, if mm -hmm. that's what this is coming from, the urge of you wanting to be a hero, why are you caping for someone who doesn't, first of all, they don't need you. Yeah. You know, someone like a Cosby or a Kelly. Yeah. They've got money that, they've got people that they're paying to say what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And those people wouldn't be saying it unless they were being paid. <laughs> right. 
but you're doing it for free. Right. Ask yourself why. On it, it's internet. because it ruins it ruins um, it ruins everything they knew prior. Mm-hmm. Right. If they love, let's, if we're just kind of you know poking fun at R. Kelly, not poking fun, but if we're like using R. Kelly as an example. Mm-hmm. Like if they grew up listening to the songs. Buying all the albums, mm-hmm. they got memories attached to some of those songs. Yeah. yeah, it ruins everything for them. Yeah, it ruins everything for them, especially with a body of work like Kelly's. You know what I mean? You you didn't heard I believe I could fly at the every, every graduation. church about the graduation, graduation oh. and right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how many times did you did you rewind Space grade, Jam to watch it? Fifth again? grade graduation, you right? Got little babies, you singing. little baby, not even knowing what you're talking about. Yeah, you know can I, mean? I say this about that song? He wrote that in the midst of him. Um, probably committing some of the worst of the. Act. I mean, yeah, you're right. He did, and guess what? He did. He probably did think he could fly. Probably good at that Cause moment because he, he knew he was. Gonna I mean, he felt untouchable. So he, he knew he was gonna fly. Yeah. So yeah. Scot free. So now I'm like, ooh, but it's just believe you can fly. Mm. Damn. It's just, but it ruins everything for for people yeah. who like have all these things attached to all those feelings and emotions attached to that body of work. Mm-hmm. It ruins all of that, and so. It, Immediately, people want to be like, "Oh well, you know, like this—that's not what it was," or you know, I mean, that was just you know off 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 the off the off wax. You know, what I mean, he was this type of person, but yeah. you know, and the, and the song the songs are different. You know, what yeah. I mean, and, you know, I can separate the man from the music or whatever the case may be, and I'm like, no. you know, what? And, and I, I and I'll be transparent. Like there are certain artists where I feel like I can do that, yeah, because their body of work doesn't reflect the type the of person they were. they were. Doing. Yeah, right. You know, what I mean, but with Kells, it's hard because yeah. it's. I mean, he's he baked from, it in. Yeah, he pulled it. He's pulling from these life experiences, right. and he's making it sound good. Yeah, and I'm like, damn. That's first. I mean, I don't know if that makes you disgusting or a genius or both. If the devil like, was an artist, I mean, would he do something like that? Absolutely. He was kicked. <laughs> he wasn't kicked out of heaven for being I'm an saying, artist. If you believe in the concept but, of that, right? Then. It it's not that far fetched, right? It's not far fetched. I just feel like you got to draw a, like a line, and I, I think it gets kind of muddy with, for some people. I, there was a, a friend on Facebook who was like, "Well, if we're gonna cancel R. Kelly, then you know, what about MJ?" And then they were like, "Well, if we're gonna cancel MJ, what about Prince?" And I'm like, "Prince, don't you dare <laughs> say anything <laughs> about Rogers Nelson." <laughs> <laughs> Damn, come out your face. What are you talking about? Yo, but then, and then you learn about like Princess, like, you know, like some of the women he was dealing with, they were like 16, 17 when yeah. he first started talking to them. Yeah. But even though they both claimed that nothing happened prior to them being like of, you know, the age of the consent, age. so on and yeah. so on and so forth. And I'm like, Ugh. but isn't there also something a little bit different about the idea that an artist is currently yeah. doing it? Who's using the art and the, and the money from the support to currently do it? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's a difference between like um, somebody for just if we're you know using Prince as an example, who you know have done you know may have done this thing or whatever at, at a time point in time in their career versus somebody like R. Kelly, who obviously had a preference right. for underage women, and like still doing it almost exclusively, right? But um, where were their mothers? We, where were their parents? And yeah, then don't it's do like, that. like uh, <laughs> exclusively underage women, and probably then, at work, not at their school. <laughs> <laughs> Probably let them go to the mall by themselves. Right. You know how right. parents do that. You know, they weren't in the parking lot potentially grooming. Now, I'm gonna say this after watching the the docu series yeah. or whatever. Some of them parents, I'm like, I smack shit out you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, it's 2000 and whatever the case may be. You yeah. And, and you're like, well, well yeah. this is going to be her big opportunity. I'm like, yo, big opportunity at what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a couple of them that you kind of look at like, why y'all at the concert with her? Right. Why, why are you at the concert? Why did you? At the, there was y'all those, there was I no heard parents. the rumors not when he was acquitted, so it's fine. What? Yeah. That's okay. So I have a whole issue with that, right? <laughs> so it was like, oh, R. Kelly was acquitted. That means he didn't do it. I'm like, since when do we believe in the justice system? Now? <laughs> oh, oh, we good with the courts now. Oh, we good with the courts now. Oh, oh. we cool with it. Oh, because it hit you. It, it fits your narrative because you really love. Um, you really love. Name of love. That's all. He got off, and now we. Meanwhile, we all still think OJ did it, but we <laughs> believe in the courts. Though. We believe. We in believe in it now. Or is George Zimmerman? Right. He was. He was cleared clear. of wrongdoing. Uh, yeah. All these. Cops Multiple times that we know. It, it, so yeah. we know that there are the flaws in the justice system that doesn't always hold people accountable for yep. their wrongdoings. Well, keep in mind when it fits when it fits what they wanted to happen in the yeah. first place. It's that cognitive dissonance. Right. This helps me, so I want to be able to say that. Well, this time it the court saw things right. Did it? Did it? You wow. sure? Okay, girl. Because I'm thinking about 90% of the time they get it wrong. I mean, it I'm, seems like it. Right. I mean, it's throw the whole system away. Throw the whole system throw away. Whole, no, I'm to say, Can we start from scratch? Is that possible? Throw the whole government away. Throw, throw all of them. Throw, throw all the governors, all, all the lieutenant governors, all the judges. All, all of them. Throw the president away. Definitely throw him away. Yo. <laughs> all the way. He's going to run out of people to fire in a second, though. He's going to have to fire himself in a Yeet. minute. In a minute. He's running out of people. Yeet that dude. <laughs> Yeet him into the sun. Yo, like that. <laughs> that's, this is like watching Scandal. Like, I, Bruh, there's like I didn't see so many people coming out of this White House. Yo. <laughs> I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, why are there so many open positions? Because no one wants to work for a... No one wants to board a... Sinking ship. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No one wants to work for a demigod out loud. I mean, and they know <laughs> he's... That is the Titanic. He has... Yeah, on that Titanic. Years. The Titanic and the Titanic. And we already realized there's not enough space on that door. On that, on, you know what I mean? You, you're not going to make it on that water. You're not going to make it on that life raft, You're going to get left on that water. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky to have gotten fired. I don't no, know no, she knew she could have slid over. She could have slid over and let him on that door. <laughs> that was wrong. That was oh, wrong. We're Rose. talking about Rose. Oh my uh, gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Y'all are funny. <laughs> but I really but would yeah. love to like talk about these are the conversations that I think people um, want to be able to have, and I believe this is why it's so hard, especially for Black men and Black women, to have these conversations where we can air our grievances without fearing, especially us as Black women, without fearing that we're going to be chastised or right. belittled or called all sorts of names because, ooh, we chose the wrong person or we were in the wrong place at the wrong time or why did you come forward now or why did you do, why did you, why did right. you do that? So I remember a few years back when, I can't remember exactly who wrote it, but the article that was going around that black men are the white men of the black community. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. And all the facts. so many people got upset about that. <clears throat> and I Lots wrote... Of people are upset at the truth. I mean... <laughs> Truth hurts, man. I don't know what to tell you. But there aren't many men that feel that way. No, yeah, it's not a There lot aren't many men that feel that way. There also are, um, of course, everyone is watching Terry Crews continuously talk about his sexual assault. And so many black men just love to just walk up to him and be like, hey, big black man that I know would kill me if I wasn't coming to him in this energy. Why do you feel that you couldn't have fought so-and-so and you ain't shit and you ain't this and you ain't that? Especially Tariq. Nasheed and D.L. Right. Hughley and then all these. So it's like 
a certain level of black man is always posited. You have to be this. And it's always cishet straight men. You have to be this. Anything outside of that is other. And we kick up against that on this podcast. And I would love to continue talking about that more. And I do not want to make this a monolithic conversation. I do not want y'all to go, hey, can y'all please fix black men in the next hour and a half? (laughs) I don't want that to be the case, but I would love to hear different takes. Can we please fix black men? (laughs) That would be great. By the time we we walk out here, we walk out like, black man is fixed. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to be able to pause it and have that conversation that I, I don't believe is had enough. And that conversation tends to be one sided. Yeah. And, it, and if it is a conversation that's had a lot, it tends to end with the it tends to end like a like a, a after school special. All right, and then we're all going to come together and love each other as a community, and then everybody hugs, and then it's a freeze frame. It's, and it's like, what do? It's it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Absolutely, it's hard. It's hard. So like, it's 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 hard for like, you know, nice white people who have been good, mm-hmm. you know, and fair and, you know, what equity and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, their whole lives to be like, oh, you come from a, a culture of racism and you also have to take some responsibility for that because you're a part of that culture. Yeah. Right? That's hard for them. Yeah. It's hard for black men to also come from a place of privilege, mm. right? Yeah. And be oppressed at the same time. Mm. And to recognize both. And to recognize yeah. both, right? Because it's like, oh, you, you pull it in like a couple of different directions. Yep. And it's like, well, no, nah, I'm being oppressed too and I got all these problems and da 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 And it's like, oh yeah, but you know, black men have historically oppressed black women. No, we, <laughs> shut up. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? Like, yeah, let's yeah, talk you, about one thing at a time. You're you getting, are, it's, a, it's a distraction. You are supposed to love me. You need everything I'm going through right now. Why can't you just be you there for me? You got to be there for me. You're supposed to be ride or die while I'm oppressing you. <laughs> you supposed to love me while my foot is on your neck. Right. But the sad part is, black women do. We do. We do. The boot is on the neck, and mm-hmm. they are loving right away. Yes, it does. They're and loving right through it. We talked about that in a group chat that I that I have, and I, um, I put forth the thought process of. Because one of, one of the friends asked and said, you know, why why is this the case? Why does this always happen? And I said, I'm trying to find it, so that's why I'm, I really want to talk about it. Um, somewhere down the line, we decided that this was okay. We thought that this is the way that everything had to be, even to our detriment. And now that we've seen that it hurts us, it harms us more than it helps us as individual women or women identifying people, and actually does more harm than good a lot of us are rising up in the and running like running up to these people and being like no get run me back with everything that I just gave because now I see that it's hurt it's hurting me to do all these things for you and it seems like a lot of cishet black men are like no how dare you care for us more? <laughs> how dare you care for y'all more than y'all care for us you see we out here getting blow you know shot and murdered and all these things it's like yeah but the first people on the line for that is us also, black women are also uh, dying at the hands of the police at a similar rate. At as a black very men. similar rate. I just want to point that out. At a very similar clip, but it's like no, we could, no, that does but, not help the narrative. But, but the clips <laughs> that we see on Facebook and the, and the cases that we hear about in the media yeah. are often are often black men. Yeah. Um, and we don't talk about you know the Rikia Boyd and the Ayanna Stanley Jones and the Pearly you know Goldens I mean? and all those right. other people. You know what I mean? Yep. Like so, the Sandra Blands, all them. Right. So, and then we don't talk about our trans women, black trans women. That have been murdered right. almost every week. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. 
and that's that's a, a space where, oh well, we don't talk about that. And it's like, why? It's because this is in this society, it's the more marginalized you are, yeah, the less people care yeah. about you, what happens to you, uh, the less your life matters yep. to people, it seems. And that's the culture that we're trying to change. That's the culture that we need to be focused on. Everybody's life is valuable. Mm. As long as you are putting positivity out in the world, I believe you have a right to be living. Right. Right. You know? Um, it's so, so how did, how do you navigate the world in the spaces that you're in? Honestly, carefully. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Careful. Yeah. You have to be careful. You have to, for me, um, I have to combat a lot of ignorance. Well, I found that combating ignorance with comedy is sometimes the, the only way people will receive it. Mm. The only way you can tell someone how wrong they are mm. is by creating even more of a character of them and showing it to them. <laughs> and I'm telling you, sometimes it will get a laugh out of them, and they'll go, you know what, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, I am all mixed up. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate because if you never, if you never even think about that, like mm -hmm. about the inconsistencies, and in, in, it's back to, you know, black men or <laughs> sizehead black men being the, um, the white people of black people, that idea, <clears throat> like they're, they're desiring privilege rather than equality. Right. Mm. And anytime that that's what you're you're fighting for, and it's it's crazy because we're it's like we're all in this fight together, but we're not fighting for the same thing. Right. I thought we were all fighting for equality, but this guy next to me is fighting for privilege. Yeah. Fighting to be able to do to to freely do the oppressive things that they complain about. And I was, uh, and I'm gonna ask you to, to open that up because there's someone that's gonna go. Well, how is it that I have any sort of privilege as a, as a black man? How how is it that I have that? Um, you as a sizehead black man, you have a lot of privileges. I think that the privilege to express yourself any way you want mm -hmm. typically is well. I'm not gonna say any way you want because as long as it's, it seems like it's in the realm of the. Heteronormative culture. Um, yes, I was going to say the expected um, uh, realm of masculinity. Yeah. You know, if you, as long as you stay within these parameters, mm. um, you can be rewarded in different ways. Mm. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And uh, how do you dismantle that? Yeah. We live in a heteronormative, very Christian culture. That's yeah. what America's built on. Yep. Right? And if even if you're a black man, as long as you closely fit that narrative, for the most part, outside of the fact that you're targeted for your race, mm -hmm. you're you're good, right? Nobody's gonna judge you for your sexuality, nobody's gonna judge you for your gender identity, nobody's gonna attack you for these reasons. Um, historically black women make less in the workplace yep. across the board than black men yep. um, are more likely to graduate, but less likely to be hired. Just kind of like, it's just like all these like different, like weird kind of things and, yeah. and privileges that exist mm -hmm. with, being, um, with being a black man and not having to worry about certain stigmas and stereotypes. And, you know, you get the, you know, you get the intimidating kind of black male stereotype, but you don't get the angry black woman 
stereotype, which keeps you from being put in certain spaces or keeps women silenced because nobody wants to hear the angry black woman, right? Yeah. So it's like, so you get a voice in certain spaces where black women don't get a voice, you know what I mean? And so, but yeah. it's, so, so there's definitely some privileges. Yeah. I think, so as somebody who identifies as cishet, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think it's really important, just like I, I kind of rely on my white friends to also be a voice mm-hmm. about equality in America, about real equity, about racial, you know what I mean, like uh, about um, all these issues that affect us in regards to race, right? Because it can't, it can't just be black people yelling and screaming because then it just right. becomes a bunch of black people yelling right. and screaming. Just noise. Right? Yeah. You have to have, you have to have white allies. You have to have white people who on, on, that, on that side to be like, this is wrong. I'm going to use my privilege mm-hmm. to, to make these, these, to make these mm-hmm. changes. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the reality is that civil rights movement, all these different movements that have popped up, even Black Lives Matter, well, you got to have some white people on the camp, in the camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to have some white people in the camp, you know what I mean, to, to go out there and, and be the white face for just a second and be like, no, 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 they're good. Like, we got to stop doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know So as a cishet, as a black cishet guy, mm-hmm. like, I got to change the narrative. I got to mm-hmm. be like, look, what we've been doing is wrong <laughs> for a long time. Like, how we've been treating women is wrong. How we've been tre- treating queer folk is wrong. How mm-hmm. we've been treating trans folk is wrong. Mm-hmm. We need to, like, start making, like, actual changes and changing how we view all these people and really start creating some, like, real, like, real equity. You know what I mean? So, like, you have to use whatever platform you have and whatever mm-hmm. privileges you have in order to change things. Right. Uh, otherwise, you're just as complacent. You're just as complicit as anybody else. So, as far as the affronts that have been committed. Because there's someone going, I don't know what I did. I don't be talking to these people. I don't, I'm not in these spaces. So how is it that I've offended any of these people? What is it that is typically used as, what is it that can sometimes be weaponized against people that are looked at as the minority within the black community? What is often weaponized? Yeah, because it's like, specifically the, the I don't know why I did this, but I know, also know why. Um, recently got back into Twitter within the last like <laughs> six to nine months. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but <laughs> I found myself <laughs> back on Twitter. And as I scroll, I'm, I'm finding myself more and more into these conversations where um, there's a man somewhere saying, you know, can the woman be a breadwinner while also being loyal and submissive? Can... Um, Terry Crews she must be gay. To be submissive, right. I have Wait. always hated that word. I have too. Wait. I have too because of the connotations behind it. But what's Wait, up? Wait, say what now? What is this concept? <laughs> well, the of submission. Example yeah. She's okay. given is can can a woman be the breadwinner? Can a woman and still yeah, be submissive? And still be submissive. Because th- those are the conversations that I come across. The conversations of of um, I can't show, I can't tell somebody, as, as a black man, I can't tell somebody that I love them. I can't tell my, my homeboy that I love them because ooh, that's gay. Oh, I can't have this, I can't do that. Oh, I can't, um, Terry Crews must be gay because he let somebody um, play him in front of his wife and kids, so he must be this. Oh, he didn't fight back. Oh, it's was like, a lose-lose situation. It, it definitely him. was. Because if, if he did, if he did fight back, Terry yep. Crews is like 6'5 or something yep. like that. He's like 260, He would have risked being... Labeled the attacker. Absolutely. Oh, he definitely um, would have been labeled the it attacker. It would have been yep. a your story versus mine. So then yep. he would have been the black person, which would have been assumed to have been being dishonest. Mm-hmm. And he would. We'd be watching the indictment of Terry Crews. Yeah. Absolutely. We'd be watching. Yeah. We and would. I mean, and yeah. I and like it, it would have sucked because he would have been defending himself. Mm-hmm. Like he, 
like, but if he didn't, now he's scared. Now, now he's scared. Now he's, now he's a coward. Yeah. But he's he has gay. defended he's... himself in a way, in my view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's being more vocal about it about now. It yeah, and 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 putting it out there. But and he's and he's <clears throat> receiving from all kinds of directions. People are threatening to sue him, yep. uh, to blackball him. Yep. He's got so much at stake to lose. Yep. If he doesn't do this correctly, in a way. Yeah. So it, it's like. He's risking his livelihood in a way mm-hmm. to shed totally. light on something that's com- that needs to be shed light on. And we he, need to know about this. And he did that in a way to continue the conversation. Yeah. Right. And what I mean by a front is there were a lot of black men that took offense to him not fighting. A lot of them viewed him not defending himself as him being less of a black man. It's because as black men, the only emotions we get access to mm-hmm. historically mm-hmm. is anger. Mm. We don't get to be vulnerable. It makes you gay. That makes you less than a man. That emasculates. That's the emasculates. God, oh, how much I love that word. Oh man. Mm. <laughs> everything. Everything emasculates. Everything. If a woman makes more money than you. You're emasculated, mm-hmm. right? If she's making decisions, you're you're emasculated. And that's where that conversation of how can she still be the bread? How can she be the breadwinner while also still being submissive? Because I need to have something I can control. Right. So how is it that she? Because we're told that if you, you got to be dominant, whatever that yeah. means for you, yeah. you got to be dominant, and that's what makes you a man. Being right? dominant and also dominant and domineering, being yeah, being controlling. You have right. to be in control. You yeah, know what I mean, like you can swap those out, and then you try to attempt to make that mean the same thing. Um, there was a, a meme, and I know it was supposed to be like joking, but <laughs> but it was like this picture of this dude, and then under it, it was like this like quote or whatever, you know, pseudo quote, and it was like. Um, I don't care if I moved into her house. Once I'm in there, I'm the man of the house, and if she's acting up, she got to go. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> that attitude is, I think a lot of men are yeah. serious. They seriously have that attitude. Like, yeah. They seriously like, I don't feel think that you way. understand how yeah. this work, that. sir. <laughs> Number one. The name ain't even on it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it, I, how you coming here? Okay. <laughs> some people have a lot of work to do to unlearn some of the things that they learn. And and I believe that's where the fear comes from. And, and it, it's unfortunate because it's like you, the person on the other end of that, who's trying to right the wrongs in the world or trying to enlighten people one person at a time, sometimes you encounter someone who's so deep in it, you just don't even know where to start. <laughs> You're just like, whoa, <laughs> what? Okay. All you right. just have to leave well, it alone. You just, you, because you already know that that person's going to defend that stance and probably become what they feel is defending themselves like a man. You know what I mean? You just don't even know exactly what that's going to mean for them. Yeah. Even if it's just their idea that they're trying to to defend. Yeah. So it's navigating it. I will tell you this. I work in a very toxic environment when it comes Mm. to, like, when I say toxic, masculinity runs amok. Oh, crap. At my workplace, it's... I, I literally feel bad for every woman that I work with. Mm. It, it's it's just unchecked sexism around every corner. And because I'm the only guy who's going to say, don't do that. Don't yeah. let him. Or don't let these guys say that or do that to you. Right. Um, when they catch wind of hearing me say that, mm. oh, I have hell to pay. Oh, damn. I receive a lot of, um, a lot of uh, vitriol over that. I do. 
Uh, and you know what? I take it. Hmm. Here's why. Because I'm not going to be hurt by that. First of all, I'm not... I, my attitude is I'm not going to allow people who don't even know what they're talking about to, like, hurt me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, or emotionally hurt me or control my emotions. Yeah. You have to at least be equipped with some information, you know, right. not just how you feel, how what you, you feel, think, right? you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you got to be – so, and it's, it's sad to see, and I know it, it probably is like that in a lot of places of work and – we need more than one guy trying to undermine that. Yeah. You know, I can't be the only one. They can't wait to get rid of me because mm-hmm. I'm the barrier between them treating the the female associates a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, that I think is wrong. But because they're all engaging in it, I'm, you know, in the way. Right. So, or if I'm warning them, okay, let me tell you what's going to happen when you go in there. Just... Stay focused. Mm. You know, it's why I add is my advice to the ladies. But mm. man, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you gotta use a platform. You gotta be vocal. Like, and it, it takes men checking other men and being like, "Yo, this is not something that we can continue to say and do, or you know, behave to start to kind of leave." Because I mean, not, and then look, the people that you're talking to may not change then and there. You know what I mean? But most most times they won't. Yeah. Right. But you got to put the seed in. Yes, you got to put that bug I agree in there. Yeah. One hundred percent. Because they're gonna hear it again at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean, and they're gonna hear it again at some point, and, it, and it's gonna take a while. Humans are creatures of habit, mm-hmm. and once we start to kind of work things in, you know, into a habit, they don't. We don't want to let them go. You yeah. know what I mean? That's that's just that's just humans being humans. Mm-hmm. So it takes a while to kind of change that mindset. It takes a while to kind of change that. It takes, and, and this is why I think we're having a hard time as a culture trying to like make this huge shift. Um, to real to real equality, mm-hmm. and it's because it's hard changing one person. Mm-hmm. Just changing mm-hmm. the mind of one person mm-hmm. is super difficult, right? It takes a long time, right? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of information, takes a lot of conversations mm-hmm. to change one person. Yeah. So you're talking about changing an entire culture of people, an entire population of people mm-hmm. who've been doing things a certain way, behaving in a certain way. I mean, the fact that we've made as much progress as we have is just short of a miracle, right? You know, what I mean, because we're having these conversations. More more often, and because people are, are receiving it finally, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because this isn't new information. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. some of the things that we're talking about now, I guess more often, are things we were talking about about 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're just not, we just weren't having them as candidly as we are yes, today. And people weren't as receptive and to people you. weren't yeah. as receptive, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you, and that goes across the board, like in the workplace or whatever, or especially like within comedy, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? And comedy is, is super difficult, you know what I mean? Because what comedians and what entertainers have been able to say for a long time, <laughs> have been the status quo, and yeah. it's been accepted, and it's it's been cool. But can I just say this? Yeah, I have zero sympathy for them that are like, oh God, I can't do the college circuit because I can't call people trannies and faggots and this and that. I'm like, boo hoo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily have sympathy. Boo-hoo. I'm just saying that like Step they've been able to. Up. Right. Step if you don't up. have the creativity to step outside of what is a which could be borderline hate speech because, like, I, I this is like a rule in comedy that I've heard, and I guess it's not a real rule that anyone has to follow. But punching down is just bad taste. It is. It, it just is. is is in bad taste. I don't understand the the desire to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I easy. guess it's easy. It's easy. Like it's somebody who like who writes right yeah. and. And writes like funny stuff too. Like I've I've delved into 
comedy, Same. right? It's a it's easy. It's yeah. easy to poke fun at people who like it's like fat jokes in the eighties, nineties, whatever. It was yeah. like yeah, fat jokes and you, your mama fat, jokes, like, yeah. right? Fat jokes and your mama jokes. Yeah. It's super easy. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like it's it's lazy. It's lazy yeah. writing. Absolutely, it's, it's super lazy writing. Yeah, and. I think that now I don't know. I think now as a culture, we're kind of charging people with the the task of doing more. All right, yeah. this isn't just this just isn't going to cut it anymore. Like if nothing else, you need to think outside the box. You know yeah. what I mean? You need to be a little more creative yeah. in how you approach how you approach your your punchlines and your jokes and your setups and all that kind of stuff. Because it's like this play. It's, if nothing else, even if we're not talking about incur, you know progressing forward, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like it's played out. Like it it's, is it's just plain old played out. Like the a, gay jokes are played out. Right. The fat jokes are played out. Right. The you know what I mean? Like talking shit about black women is played yeah. out. Like it's just it's, I it's even old. think the black people do this, white people do that. It's played out. It's played out. Like, yeah. We've done oh it. God. We've done it over Another and over and over again. Really guys? And that's that's why Chappelle <laughs> <laughs> That's why Chappelle kinda got that's why Chappelle did get the blowback that he got from certain spaces and communities. Um, with his last two specials, because oh, it's like, yeah. bro, we not we not there no more. No. Last time you had a big show yeah. it was like two thousand three. Yeah, and then you went away. Took a long break. And he, uh, and then you came back. It was like, ha ha ha. You gotta, you gotta put the thermometer in and before you jump in the water. Right, you gotta, you gotta read the, the room. And read the room. Hard. I think some of those jokes, <laughs> jokes, he was trying to be the. But edgy, he was still yeah. trying to be the same edgy Dave Chappelle, but with, with a little a little progressive twist. Yeah, but like didn't land. Dude. But no, it didn't land. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go over well because it wasn't and who you genuinely are. Done, you could tell. I was kind of done at the. He had his. I don't remember which special it was, but um, there was a rape joke. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like this like superhero rape joke, and it was like. Uh, it was like such in bad taste, and I'm like, even for Dave Chappelle, yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know what the what's the message you're trying to send here, right? Like, what are you in 2017? Are what we, are you talking about? Are you encouraging? This? Are you okay? Like, um, <laughs> Is Dave Chappelle okay? And it was like a ju- it was and it was such a weird it was a weird setup to start with, but it was juxtaposed with this like Cosby joke that came at the end of the the, the end of the special, and I was like, oh my god, is that where you were trying to take us with this? Or were you trying to justify Cosby? <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is really bad. This is really, really bad. What are you doing? Stop. Stop I doing hope, it. I don't remember getting to a point of listening to hearing something and sounding like he's trying to defend Cosby. Damn. Like that would have been I still remember the joke. Like I was like, it was it was bad. It was like mm-hmm. this whole setup in the beginning about a superhero who can own whose powers only work like um like after he has like sex or something like that, and so he's like running around. Like there's like the the building is on fire or some shit, right? And so then he's like, well, he, he has to like change, you know, he has I have to like heard this. he has to like have sex in order to like yeah. use his powers or whatever. So he's like running to with different women, different women, and mm-hmm. he's like, I need to have sex with you right now, like right now, like the, you know, the world's on, you know, the world's burning down. I need to have sex with you right now, and they're like all like, no, because that's weird, right. right? So then he's like, so he rapes them, and I'm like, no, that's not a punch. That's you not can't... a punchline. Wait, that's so a... that was just the joke? That was part so of the joke. That was, um, yeah. Wow. He's like, but he, but he saves more than he rapes, and he rapes less than he saves. And I'm like, what? No. So no. that was the beginning part of the joke. It's the beginning. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Right right this... So in comedy, <laughs> in comedy, there's something called a call. There's a, there's a callbacks, yep. right? Which means like you kind of like refer to an earlier joke. Right. So, so then joke. he starts yep. later in the special. He starts talking about Cosby. Mm. And Saving then right, and then he goes back and he uses the same lingo. But he rape, but he saves more than he rapes, and he rapes less than he saves, or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. this this was like one big justification for Cosby. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> 
And there was so many. I, I remember this joke I now. Dave Spell's number, but I tried to call him. I tried I to call like, him. I was like, bro, what are you like, doing? Hey, 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 man. Hey, <laughs> don't do that shit ever again. No, what are you doing? You just came back. What are you doing? David. Oh, like, <laughs> David. David. <laughs> <laughs> David or not. Right. Maybe he's like, we don't know. Black name. He's Stage Dave. name. We don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know I don't know what Dave Chappelle's real name is. <laughs> May not be Dave Chappelle. We don't <laughs> know. <laughs> like, take your ass back to Africa again. Like, I don't know what the fuck goes out there. And, then, and that yeah. was something that a lot of people gave him a lot of heat over. Because a lot of people were like, hey, no, we're not in that space anymore. Yeah. You can't have those type of conversations like that anymore. And I think he got upset because he's like, Mm, tough crowds, like no, this isn't a tough crowd situation. Mm -mm. This is a tough crowd. You're making a lot of money. Try harder. Try harder. You're making a lot of money. You've been gone long enough to go. Mm. And you're money. and you're a comedian. You should be like able to read the for that room. special. right? <laughs> and you got a multi deal special from Netflix, right? And if it requires you to do a little bit of research before flapping your mouth. You're getting paid for it. You're right. supposed to. You're a comedian. That's what you do. You don't just get up there and be like, here's jokes. Good night, right. everyone. Like, that's <laughs> not what happens. That's not what happens. It's, it's, I've been a, a lover of comedy and the, the mechanism of comedy since I was a kid. I grew up watching the specials, Bill Cosby himself, and right. um, almost all of Did Richard Pryor's stuff. Comic View? Yes. I was like every night. Yes. But a lot of those jokes... Aged terribly. Yeah, terribly. They don't. Say the, sense of time. I, they don't. So the first time I got to see stand up comedy, mm -hmm. I was like, I think I was about eight. And my mom had this whole box set of uh, deaf comedy jam. Oh, yeah. man. And so, God bless my mother, it did a great job raising me. Let me just start, <laughs> let me just start saying, saying that. She's never going to hear this. She doesn't listen to podcasts. But she, <laughs> she did a fantastic job raising me. Awesome but she was great. I like. <laughs> She uh she let me watch Deaf Comedy Jam with her. And the first comedian I saw was Adele Givens. Okay. And <laughs> yo, Ain't yo, she a yo, lady. yo, such a fucking lady, bro. Like such yo, that whole bit. It was Adele Givens and Bernie Mac was the first two comedians I've ever Ooh. seen in my entire life. Wow. Um, I mean, I I would give your mom a high five, I'd be like, yes. Thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> It was a cool. It was a cool mom moment, but right. in, in retrospect, imagine retrospect, that, like, uh, might not have been the most responsible decision. Uh, I started damn. cussing when I was around eight years old. Too. <laughs> I'm not saying those two things are related. I'm just it's saying like that the it happened. Correlation, like I mean, it's not like, the causation. I was like, well, I was just say like my mom did something similar, but not exactly. She like forced me to watch like Juice and Boys in the Hood. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to watch it. You watching? It. Sit down. This is a part and of your culture. No, I honestly feel like she forced me to watch like an example of what not to do. Like oh. I was forced to watch that when it came out. I had to be in elementary school watching Ricky like die. You know, like, that's traumatic like, for absolutely. See what happened to Ricky. See what happened to Ricky. See see what happened to Ricky? <laughs> oh, and this is why I'm not letting you play football. <laughs> Hilarious. Again, two things that do not correlate. Right. <laughs> no, she would have loved if I had to play football. But, but no, no, but she definitely didn't want me out in the streets. Yeah. She wanted me to focus more on school and artistic things. So, mm. you know, I, you know yeah, you're right. maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I'm not in as much trouble. Wow. But See, then again, my brother watched those same movies and can't say the same thing. <laughs> I mean, that's real. Me and my brother grew up in the same house, grew up in the same way, mm. same parents. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, 
And my brother Chose made some, yeah, he did. My brother made some really bad decisions. Yeah. When, he, when he was young, he was he was just young and dumb. It just happens, right? And he yeah. just got caught up for it. And now he's yeah. finishing up twenty years. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Um, so you never know. I mean, just kids are so different. You just you literally never know how it's gonna affect one child affect. versus another. Yeah. And it's the same thing with yeah. kids who grow up in like really messed up neighborhoods or mm-hmm. really messed up environments or really abusive parents. Some sometimes kids grow up really great in spite of that. Yeah. Right? They see it and they hate what they see yeah. and they decide they decide to be something different and they yeah. go off and they be they're successful. Some kids lean into it. Yeah. They're like, oh this is what it is. This is normal life. This is what I'm yeah. gonna be this too. Is who I am. Yeah. This is and who it's everyone is. Really hard to determine what how that looks, you know, yeah. or what or what that kid's gonna do when they grow up. You never mm. really know. Well and it's hard to get that kid to see the potential in themselves. And also it's sometimes hard to get the the, the kid who has a lot of aspiration to see how people can fall into not being so, mm. um, you know, not having so many aspirations. You know, yeah. like I, I hear a lot of people who, especially black people, young black people who are, who have made um, something out of themselves, who have become successful, making disparaging comments about black people who happen to still be um, poor, you know, mm. and I'm like, Everyone on the planet can't be a business owner. Yeah. Some people do have to work for a company in order for it to run. Some people don't yeah. want to be business and owners. That, and that's those okay. people still do, exactly. And those people yeah. still deserve dignity yeah. right. in how they're paid. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's just so many issues all happening all at once in tandem. It's just. You just don't know where to... And this is why I don't give like black men a pass when we're like, look, you need to get your shit together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you can still be oppressive and be oppressed at the same time. Yeah. And we can deal with all these things at the same time. That's why I get mad at people who throw around the word distraction. Oh, this, it's just a distraction from the... you know, Don't pay attention to what's happening in politics right now. This is just a distraction. No, yeah. no, it's not. We are, we're a multi... Maybe only species. you can't walk into your government <laughs> at the same time. No. Don't mean the rest of us. We're no. a multi-layered... <laughs> people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just humans in general. Yeah. You know I mean, there's a lot of layers to us. Yeah. And we're all multifaceted in some way, shape, or form. We all carry many talents, yep. many ideals, yep. some that overlap, some that contradict each other. Mm-hmm. And that's just the the the, the beauty and the, the complexity of the human experience. Yeah. And we gotta accept that. You gotta yeah. accept that the, the, the human experience is complex, right? It comes with a lot of ups and downs, sometimes at the same time. Yeah. And we can navigate all these different spaces at the same time, you know what I mean? We can have all these conversations and we can fix multiple problems at, at the same, same time. time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a Rubik's Cube. Like, you solve one side and you're also solving a part of the other, the other another part of the cube mm. as, you're, as you're doing it. And eventually the whole thing gets solved. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, life is a Rubik's Cube. Like, we can solve all these things. And you recently solved a Rubik's Cube. Is that why well, you yeah, mentioned like the I mean, Rubik's yeah. Cube? Because <laughs> you posted, I recall you recently posted a picture. You, and I was so you can, solve the, you can solve it. He's, he can solve the world. Ladies. He can solve the world. <laughs> he can solve all the problems of the Yo, world. Man, like, you can solve Rubik's Cube. You, you and Will Smith can <laughs> solve the world because both of y'all know how to do Rubik's Cubes. So... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, still one of my heroes. I mean, yeah. hey, me too. Honestly, I love me some Will Smith. He's yeah. been making all kinds of jokes. I'm like, dude, he's been doing it for a lot of years, for a really long time. Um, and I actually got a little more. I don't know how many people watched the Red Table Talk 
uh, Jada Pinkett's. Me. Thing. I've seen clips. I haven't seen an entire episode. I've seen episode. every episode. <laughs> I've actually, I'm in and out <laughs> I'm of it. I'm a nerd. I'm sitting there. Next one. <laughs> I'm in and out of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've watched a handful of the episodes, but mm-hmm. I definitely tuned in when Will was on the when show. Because I was yeah. like, because they're going to, I'm like, they're going to talk about their marriage. Right. They're, they're they swingers. Dis- they're right. They're going to dispel the these Wendy's. They're, they're finally going to tell the world they're swingers. <laughs> and Probably not. But no, it didn't happen. Will was it like, uh, no. No. So, and I was like, dang it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna get some juice. Damn. Uh, so, um, they're, but they're on there, and he was really honest about all the mistakes he's made in his marriage. Yeah. And I and I appreciated that. You know what I mean? Like, like, don't tell me you're perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want to hear that. That that doesn't actually give me anything to aspire to. Honestly, you know what I mean? If you tell me everything is everything's all right and that mm-hmm. we're great and we've always been great and we have the perfect life, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah. it sucks to be me then. <laughs> right. Thought I was gonna be the next Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, we made a lot of mistakes, yeah. and there was all this miscommunication, and we decided that we were either gonna get it together as a couple, or we were gonna just walk away from this completely. Mm. And they decided, as a couple, we're gonna figure this we're out. Figure this and, we're, out. And, yep. and not only are we gonna figure this out, we're not gonna listen to what people think a marriage should look like. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna listen to what they think is, you know, what the norm is supposed to be, mm-hmm. or how we're supposed to react to each other, or whatever the case may be. We're gonna do what works best for us. Right. Uh, and we're just going to live in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, I think, honestly, that's a large part of, of kind of fixing what we have going on now. You know what I mean? It's like everybody wants everybody else to behave in a certain way. And and, mm-hmm. and it's not really realistic. You know what I mean? You can't really choose what, you can't really control what people do, unfortunately. Yeah. You yeah. can control how you respond to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if that means eliminating some of the fuck shit that's happening in the government, then you got to do something. You're, you you got to do something mm-hmm. to eliminate what's happening in government. You don't like what's happening in your city. You, you got you can control the part that you can control. Yeah. Right. And so and but if everybody does that moving forward, then what? What on that? What? <laughs> I'm just all, all I was gonna say. All I was gonna say is Douglas Paul for Attorney General. <laughs> Hell. Hell no. Oh, you want the governorship? Wow, no. you're going all the way to the top. Okay. No, thank you. Let me tell you something. I'll, I'll help not. you run the campaign. Okay. No, you are not prepared for that. Because <laughs> when we got to start, when we got to start paying people off. <laughs> like, when we got to start paying people off to shut up. You know, <laughs> like I ain't got that kind of money. I ain't, I got a few demons. You that got I'm too, many still working. too many stormies. Too many stormies. There's a couple things going on not in my life right now. I'm not, I'm not it's through one I'm too not, many stormies. I'm not saying we need, I'm not saying we need millions. Books. I'm not saying we need millions, but we're going to need at least a good 100, 200,000, you know what I mean? Just to keep people. Never mind. That's Lord. not important right now. Was like, you're, just, you're just spilling all the Michael Cohen tea, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cohen does damn so. All right. It's like, this is how much money I gave <laughs> for this reason. But, well, and I also, like, I mean, and like, not to be that, that, you know, that artist, but mm-hmm. I don't think politics is the answer anymore. I mean, I don't. I can I understand that, people's feeling with that, but honestly, I feel like it's the system that we have in order to change things, and we have changed a lot of things with it. Um, I think that that attitude, if we keep, because here's the reason why. So just if not, we all had that to, attitude, not the people be, who don't have that attitude are gonna be the ones making all the rules. Don't not mm-hmm. to be a pessimist, but like, give me just like like one like real thing that we've changed. With, like, with poli- with politics, 
What exactly? Strictly. What do you mean? Like a, I mean, a specific? Like, well, like, we ha- we haven't really changed much because we keep the pendulum keeps swinging back and forth and back right. and forth. Yeah, right. Um, that's what we need to stop doing, and I think that that's actually coming to an end. I think that, I think that conservatism as a whole is, is it's kind of on its last leg. I think that. I don't know. It, man. I do. <laughs> I think. I just because here's why. Here, there's a reason why Mitch McConnell looks at making election day a Total holiday. Listen, he doesn't want to make it a holiday. He, there's a reason why he looks at it as a democratic power grab. Yeah. It's because they don't want all the people that actually support those policies voting because they'll never win. Yeah. Right. They'll never win. Because you you're in a position where you could potentially decide, you know what, I don't care. So I don't want to vote. So we're so. feeling like, you know what, that's not the answer anymore. He's like, please feel that way. Yeah. Don't get involved. Yeah. Stay home. That's what I feel. And that's why I'm like, no, I'm not going to be that person. Even if I'm not necessarily the one running for office, I do believe that there are things that we can change with laws. Like, that's how we, that's just how we do it in this country. And honestly, I think it's a better system than some other countries. Not necessarily the best but I mean, it, things don't change like that overnight anywhere in the world. I can see both sides. It's it's changing cultures. I remember one time I heard um, someone um, changing culture. It's like turning around a tanker. You can't just whip it around. It takes it takes time time to keep Three turning turn. that wheel until you turn it around. It's not gonna be overnight. And if you have somebody that keeps grabbing the wheel and turning it the other way, mm-hmm. it's gonna be even take even longer. I mean, I think I think the world is often about like balance. And I, I mean, I, and I don't necessarily say that to say that America we need balance, as much evil as we have good. Ladies <laughs> gentlemen. I, I mean, I think the world is about balance. And I think I mean whether we whether we necessarily want it or not, but I think it, I think it happens. I think that's the reason why the pendulum kind of swings the way that it does. You know what I mean? Like there's. There's all these people who are like super progressive, and they're like, "Oh, we got to make these changes," and you know, da 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 da. And so then, because of that, there's all this pushback from people who want to stay very conservative, and then it's not always balanced. But that's the reason why there's this swing. But the yeah. numbers matter. The numbers and matter. If there's a, if the true majority of people feel one kind of way, and then a smaller majority who happens to just have more of the wealth. Uh, excuse me, a small minority who happens to have a lot of the wealth, it shouldn't be an equal, um, That I don't feel that they should have an equal say. I, I just don't. I, I mean, that's like, that's the reason why we have the, the electoral college still standing. Hmm. It's because people feel like, oh, well, that's because if we, if we just, if we get rid of it, then Republicans will never have a chance to win. Too bad. <laughs> if you don't have enough people, you need more people. And if you don't have it, too bad. That's how it should be, and that's how it had has been. Yeah. So, I mean, no, politics is not the answer to changing our culture. No, I don't believe that at all. But I do believe that it is a humongous vehicle to creating the types of laws <laughs> that we feel that we should have in order to have the, the, the society that we want. That's how we got to do it. We got that's how we do it. We write laws. We're we're a nation of laws. So, I mean, I know that politics is not the answer. Running for office is not necessarily the answer. People have to change themselves. People have to look within themselves and see like what because what else what else is being a better person if it's not trying to reflect on your behaviors and how they affect those around you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what else is that? So, 
that's what people need to be focused on. And I think that if we did focus on that, then everything else would probably work itself out. Maybe that's just a dream, but mm-hmm. that's I kind of believe that. I just I've seen more. I've seen more um, direct change happen being like in the community and and working with organizations who are like in the streets or in the schools or in the classrooms or whatever. Um, just just you know like really like affecting like the world the the community around them right here and now as opposed to like you know heading down to city council and arguing back and forth with a bunch of people who ain't trying to do nothing for you no way yeah but the word here's two words tax law mm-hmm. money appropriation that's what it's about because if we let them have the checkbook they're never going to write it for us, no matter how bad we need it. Well, I mean, that's happening. I mean, that's, that's and that's why we need to infiltrate that system so we can get the checkbook. Mm-hmm. We need to have that checkbook. We need to collectively have the checkbook to say, this is legitimately something that we need to write a check for. Here you go, Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's going to take a law. And yes, it could just be everybody, a hundred thousand uh, plumbers saying, you know what, I'm going to f- travel to Detroit and Michigan with my own money and put up myself in a hotel and, free, and, and work for free to make sure. But that's not going to happen because people need to be compensated because we I don't mean, live... I the government writing Flint, Michigan, and checking going to happen either. Not, in, not the current version of it. Yeah. Not... Um, with half a bunch of turtle faces, no, you're right. But if we do get, you never know. All I'm saying is I believe it's in the realm of possibility because we don't know what it looks like. We do know what an all-white Congress looks like. Mm-hmm. We, we do know how bad it can get with them. But we don't know what a Congress would, that truly reflects the American people really looks like and how they would truly govern. Mm-hmm. And, until, and until I see that Congress, I'm not going to say that Congress itself is useless. Not until I see a Congress that reflects the American people. And then once they get in there and they mess it up, I'll say, get rid of the whole thing. That's <laughs> when I'll say that. I'm Najee Baldwin for president. No, no, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> no, sir. No. Your next, uh, Do not. Your next uh, senator. <laughs> I have no, I don't have no political aspirations, you know. Why not, though? Like, you have a better understanding, if not, or even, or even just more passion for um, or belief in the political system as we as we have it right now than some other people or most other people, you know what I mean? You definitely have a, a better understanding of it, right? And it's, and the power in it, uh, and you still believe in the power in it. And I think that's a requirement, honestly, for wanting to even run for office, right? You believe in this system. You believe in that. You yeah. believe that this system can like can make substantial, like tangible change, and you have ideas that can. That, that coincide with that. Okay, so I don't want to be the next AOC who's being demonized on TV 24 yeah. 7. Uh, I yeah. don't want to be that person receiving That's who I was the thinking death about threats. That. I was when, thinking about it too. Because I'm just sitting there at the testimony, being honest, yeah. asking honest questions. Yeah. Like, honesty doesn't go far in government. It doesn't. It doesn't. You, once you start being real, once you stop playing the kabuki theater in the current version of what we have, yeah. you are ostracized. Absolutely. You got to play the game. 
And I mean, and that's and so I don't want to. That's I mean, exactly that's, what that's, I don't that, want. That's politics, yeah. though. And yeah, this is where right. I'm like, this is why I'm like, yo, like politics really isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. Like the, the system, the way the system, is, the system is so convoluted. Yeah, it's there's like there's even if you went in all wide-eyed and yeah. you know what I mean, like Deep. I'm gonna save the world, yeah. like like so many of them do, right? And you know, it, that's what changes. Uh, you know, uh, an aggressive young, like, uh, you know, inspiring lawyer from Chicago into whatever we have for president for the last eight, you know what I mean, last eight years. Mm-hmm. And that's not to, like, attack, you know, Obesey, because I love Obesey. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody thought he was going to come in and, like, tear the shit down. And that did not happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he played the game. You know what I mean? And gotta, I think a lot of people gotta, also had to realize that he was in there with, what, a Republican Congress? Right. He had a Republican Congress almost the entire, the entire, the the entire, entire term. And right. not only that, but Mitch McConnell specifically said they were going to gonna try to make him a failure of a president. So, yep. I mean, I I feel like in this with its circumstances, yeah. there was a lot of stuff accomplished. There's actually a website called, like, whatthefuckisobamadone.com. <laughs> And all it is is like it shows a fact. You click it, the next one pops up. Wait he did a minute. This. You click it, the next one pops up. You click it. What's this called again? Up. It's like what the fuck is Obama done dot com or That's something, something like that. That, but I remember it was a thing years ago. It may not still exist to this day, but um, <clears throat> sometimes those policies they they just haven't trickled down to where they need to. And, and, and look and look, I feel like Trump uh, voters are feeling the same thing because a lot of them are complaining about their current tax returns not being as much as it used to be in the and past. And some of them having to owe. Yeah, they're paying. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Why? Interesting. A, this is what I'm saying about like white people just not. Under, Stop why? punching yourself in the face. No, why? no, I like as the pain. A poor <laughs> white person in the middle of. Bumblefuck Midwest <laughs> Kansas shit but on a damn goat farm and shit. Why did you think that this rich <laughs> this He's gonna rich shake up the system. He's gonna, he's gonna make things he's better. An outsider. In the middle of New York he talks, he, gave he tells a, it how it is. Self made damn about your poor white ass. Hell no, I mean we all know the when we all know the real reason why because he was going to protect us from the Browns, the blacks and the Browns. That's all. That, you know, that's what they really wanted. I mean, think of all like their yourself. biggest lies. It's like millions of illegal people voted during the election. Really, three three billion? Cool. <laughs> cool. Really cute. But wow. your 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 daughter forgot too. And then, oh, that's great. She forgot. She forgot to put in. She forgot to send in her um, absentee ballot. Right. Okay. And then there were so many other um, Trump voters that voted twice. Wow. Like one of them actually had a. The only person that they actually found. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like the only person. There's like been two, one or two people that actually were found to have voted twice. Yep. I I think, and they both were. Trump supporters. Trump supporters. Yeah. Like you said, that truth, boy. It's like, uh, It's real inconvenient. Ah, damn. Oh, yep, still works. Look at that. <laughs> what the fuck has Obama done so far? <laughs> Big fucking deal. What else? And then you click on that, the next thing pops up. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a substantial thing, but if I you mean, don't look, know it, I wrote, if you yeah, don't know it, yeah, and Same. click. Especially, like, <laughs> like, added $4.6 billion U.S. dollars to the Veterans Administration budget to recruit and retain more mental health professionals. That's, now, I didn't feel that because I'm not a veteran. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, no, but no, that no. could be a real change to someone's I mean, life. That's definitely a, like a real Absolutely. change. Look, here's the thing. I'm I'm a firm believer that it doesn't have to necessarily affect me for it to be like real change, right? right. I'm just looking for real. It doesn't change. have to affect you to be to be effective. To be effective, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like, but also that sometimes doesn't affect me. But, it's, then, it's still but knowing it's that it's increased funding for the violence against the other VAWA, the VAWA Act. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, I didn't even know that. First of all, and I believe um, that they, they let it expire. They let it expire. The Trump administration let the Violence Against Women Act expire. expire. Also, another thing that necessarily affects me directly. Yep. But that's something that I'm glad that happened because that's a necessary thing that needs to happen. Absolutely. Right. So, um, I just I don't know, man. Like I just I don't know, man. Like politics. One side thinks that we don't need that, and one side thinks that we do. Yeah. There's some significant differences between this. That's why I'm like lifted restrictions granted, granting Cuban Americans unrestricted rights to visit. Come on, this like that. That's like a red tape thing that Republicans act like they hate. So, well, so much red tape. Okay, well, <laughs> so you mean to tell me? But then I can't just if I have Cuban family, I can't go visit them. I it's silly. Visit. Cool. It's silly. Like cool. I, I mean, we don't need to make this the focus, but mm-hmm. like you know. There's a group who's trying to hoard Mm -hmm. all the world's resources for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's clean water or oil or precious metals or whatever it is, one group of people thinks they deserve it more (laughs) than everyone in the world. Because it's mine. And, I and that it. same group thinks that, what? I don't, what do you mean? We've done nothing wrong. <laughs> that wasn't me. It was my great great grandfather. It wasn't me. I'm your friend. One of three. It's like, I don't know. It's like when people are like criticizing Mexico. I'm like, well, how, 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 how much do you know about American policies and how they may have? destabilize certain parts of Mexico's economy. Maybe part of the reason why they're trying to come here is because we've messed something up in some kind of way. Because we do that. We meddle in other countries' Absolutely we elections do. and their economies all the time. Absolutely we do. We destabilize everything and then come in and go, you need, you need democracy here. <laughs> <laughs> you come into, y'all talking shit from states that actually were a part of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get it. America gets been that. Years? I no. Say, I, don't like, I, I don't personally like saying we because I don't like necessarily attaching myself to certain things that America okay. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, what I mean, just you know, I'm not trying to be that guy, but yeah, I'm like, you no, know, that's fair. you know, but like America, right? America, we get into stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get into stuff, and then we never leave. You no. Know what I mean, it's like herpes. We're like the herpes of the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but we never leave because we want a base everywhere. So yeah. like, and then even when we think, even when the narrative is that we left mm-hmm. and we're not involved in this space anymore, yeah. we're still involved. We're still so involved. Like, like a homie of mine was in the military mm-hmm. and they are retiring from the military, mm-hmm. but they're still going to be working for the government. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they're going to be moving mm-hmm. to this Middle Eastern country Oh wow! where we already pulled troops out of. Yeah. Right. But what happens is when, when... Politicians get on the news and they're like, oh, we pulling the troops out of blah, 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 right? Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, then Why announce that? So to let people know, oh, you know, this war is over. Right. You know, we're not in Agrabah anymore, yeah. right? And <laughs> so I don't want to say what the Agrabah is. We did. I immediately went to Arabian Nights. Yeah, I don't want to say like what the actual place is or who that person is or whatever, you know what I mean? Because I don't know what kind of trouble I'm going to get them into. So, <laughs> so like, we, you know, we, like, we were in Agrabah, right? Right. <laughs> 
And now we're not in Agrabah no more. Right. But what happens is we pull all those troops out, but mm-hmm. there's still these like government contracted yep. Uh, like pilots, yeah. you know, security guards, yep. which are really just soldiers and, mm-hmm. you know, the Air Force or whatever, who are like still there, still doing the same work that the troops were doing, mm-hmm. but now they're like through a government, like contracted agents, like through a third party, right? Yeah. They're for a pro- for-profit company that's yeah. working with America. And you have your civilians that do that too. Right, that's what I'm saying. They're, like, they're still over there. So yeah. we pulled the troops out, but... That Essentially, the there's another body in that position. In that yep. space that's handling the work that we need to be handled there yep. and doing it outside of the government. You know it's, what I mean? It's, it's, and it's like a person it's, who previously ran the government who owns that company. So it's almost like the same people are yeah. still in control. It's, it's U.S. customer service. Yo. Ugh. It is, and it's and it's and it's, and it's funny because like what happens is, everybody is that home, sometimes everybody we get people home. who are in those spaces <laughs> who were working with. Uh, America, yep. and then they stop playing. <laughs> they stop playing with America. They ain't, they ain't playing ball no more. Right. And then we're like, oh, they got to go. You got to get, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Right. <clears throat> Hashtag Osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in the in the midst of talking, could you both talked about some really intense things about what you both view the state of black men is. So, what is the beauty of black men? Ugh. The spectrum, the, I, I, I once heard a person tell me that they believe that black people were the less, like the least diverse group of people in America. I was like, you are the, you are so, <laughs> you have no clue. You have no like, actual clue. I, 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 I wouldn't change a thing about being a black man mm. at all. I love it to death. Mm. Wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it I mean, means, I don't think I would change like my aesthetic, but as a, I mean, I think there's definitely some things. That need if to I was born I, I Asian, I would get those little, um, those little, what is it, like a filter tip spiral curl thingies put in my hair. You oh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. I was like, wow, we are in a new place where people want to have black people hair. <sighs> I didn't think that was in time. <laughs> but I had a very strange reaction because I, I, I was, was like, like, I've always felt like people hated our hair. Yeah. And to see Asian people trying to have quote unquote nappy hair. And it was so weird to watch him go from Asian to damn near light skin. If he had told me he was light skin, I, I would have believed, believed it. <laughs> if he had called me, a, mm, I would have been like, yo, what up? <laughs> I wouldn't even have been. I wouldn't have felt. I wouldn't even thought about it, <laughs> bruh. Black faces all over it. the world now, bruh. Listen, black face is coming to a screen near you. <laughs> no matter where you are, oh, you know the Hulu documentary is on know. the way. <laughs> and then there's a Netflix one too. You gotta have to watch both. No, but no, but being a black man just means like the. When I think about the history of our creativity, our resilience, our, our just, it's an honor yeah. to me to be a black man. It really, really is. That's I know that beautiful. might sound crazy to people, but it really is. That's beautiful. I can go on and on, but I want to hear, <laughs> hear what Roscoe has to say here. There's a, a lot of strength in being um, a black man. It's, I got to be honest. If I'm being like 100%. Like, he's going to say he's exhausted. It's not, it, like if I'm being like, <laughs> like, like truly tra- transparent, it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to answer because I was raised entirely by black women. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't start seeing strong brothers, you know what I mean, until I became an adult, like, okay. well into my adulthood. Okay. Um, I learned how to be a strong black man mm-hmm. by watching black women. Okay. And a little bit of TV, probably. I mean, yeah, there was some cool TV dads and shit. I mean, the, you know, <laughs> no, but I feel you on that. Phil I feel you. And that. the Winslows, and, yeah. you know what I mean, Aww. and and the Huxables. I mean, let's you know, call it what it is. I, I grew up watching the Huxables. That was like the model black right. family. That for was real, a peak real. Like, black family, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Two well-to-do black people living in. You know, one's saying? a doctor, one's a lawyer. One's a doctor, one's a lawyer. The right. kids aren't going to jail. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Vanessa so. did go have big fun, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. With the wretched. <laughs> so I mean, you know, but but I mean, largely, I I I got my values and my morals and my my resilience or whatever from from black women. But I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of strength in being a black man. I think um, the the role that black men often play in the family structure is super necessary. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm proud to be a good example of one, <laughs> right? Like, and I'm working on me. I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. You know what I mean, all, all the time, and I'm yeah. very honest about that. You know what I mean? But um, he's humble too. Yeah, like, I'm. Yeah, so I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, but I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally a work in progress. You know, I'm no saint yeah. by no by no stretch of the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> my, my kids will tell you. <laughs> but you know, but I'm always trying to be better than I was. I have it on my wall. Like, be better. Be better than the person you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sometimes I, I achieve that. Sometimes I don't. And, yeah. But I get tomorrow to do it again. Hopefully. Um, so I mean, I think there's a lot of strength in it. I think there's a lot of resilience in it. I think black men have led a lot of movements that have brought us to where we are mm-hmm. today. You know, I mean, they've been the faces of a lot of a lot of change, uh, particularly with our lives here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I think black men have been super innovative uh, and creative. Uh, so I think I mean I, I think we're necessary. You know, mm-hmm. I mean I think when we you know when we're, when we're getting it right, I think we're necessary. It's like when you're on, you're on. Right. right. Yeah. That's well, yeah. Point I mean, that's real. It. Like when you're on, you're on. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think you know, it's. I mean, humans are humans, so it's, you know, no one's perfect. But I think right. when we're when we're really like when we're really striving for better, um, I think that we're super necessary. That's beautiful. So as we as we wrap up, um, this is a part of the show where we talk about rewriting the script. So hopefully you guys have thought about it. Okay. <laughs> I did. Not. Yes. <laughs> of course I have. Oof. Yeah. Sure. Joy. Whatever. <laughs> but this is a part of the show where we rewrite something that has happened in our lives, whether it's personally or whether something that's happening in the community or in the world at large that we wish we could do differently. We have the power to change it. We, how would we write that story? Wow. Um, I guess I'll start. Yeah. Um, rewriting. Wait, wait, no, what'd you call it? Rewrite the script. Rewrite the script. Okay. I would say that I've to rewrite my script, I would go back to ninth grade. Okay. Where I made some decisions where I probably shouldn't have because I felt a lot of things because of what I felt, how I felt the world would perceive me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just been put into, basically I had the culture shock of being brought from the ghetto and put into the white school. <laughs> that was basically the experience that I had going from one school that was 99% black to a school that may be just 9% black. Wow. And feeling different, feeling, knowing uh, that my economic situation was way different than those around me. Yeah. Um, It 
took a toll on my spirit and I allowed things that I um that people would say to me about me not being able to afford certain things to cause me to not finish school. Oh wow. I actually did not get past the ninth grade. And I'm not I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say that today, but if I could go back and rewrite something, I would finish. Absolutely. I would finish school and I, I urge young people to finish school because I think the I don't think everyone has the abilities or the resources to get as far as I have gotten mm -hmm. without um, having a high school diploma. Now, I did get a GED, which some people feels like is an equivalent, but some people don't. Mm. No, some people I mean, do honestly, not. It's the same the some people, yeah. some, but some people don't think it is feel uh, like it's a like qualifying it's a document. Yeah. So I, I just urge people to get that in education. Don't allow... Um, other people's opinions of you to stop you from getting that because mm -hmm. that's that's I, I wish I had just gotten that piece of paper it, I think it would have made a little bit more of a difference in my life yeah that's that's powerful thank you for sharing thank you for letting me share that absolutely Rasa I am um, searching for your <laughs> I was you know, like well, what, you know, what would you have done differently I was like I don't know if we got that kind of time <laughs> Uh, He's rewriting the entire book. Right. Like, no, 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 just that one. Just chapter. that, just that, that one, one chapter. Um, <laughs> I think I would have been more vocal about my um, depression and suicide ideation much earlier. Uh, I think I was really fortunate. I think I think I'm really fortunate to to be here, right? Because I could have not. Yeah. Could have not been here, considering all the attempts and all the the things that I, the, all the really really bad decisions that I made in relationship to that. Um, but I kind of wish I was a little more vocal about it earlier and gotten some help much earlier than I did. Uh, I think I could have prevented um, a lot of other decisions that kind of came as, or kind of just, you know, other things that came as a result. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, you know, you live and you learn. But, uh, and I think that's why I'm more vocal about it now mm -hmm. and having conversations about mental health and dealing with depression and um, you know, suicide and anxiety and things, you know, things of that nature now. Yeah. Um, because I understand, you know, what could have happened, um, you know, in my teens, you know yeah. what I mean? Like 13, 12, yeah. 16, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, but I wish I would have been a little more vocal about it then. I don't know if it, you know, I, I don't know if it would have helped considering this, you know, I came from a family that didn't really view depression as a thing. Same. So, I don't know if it would have made a huge difference. It may have caused me more frustration, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, looking back on it now, at least I wish I would have said something. No, that's fair. Yeah. So, we, no, that's just very, yeah, that's like, that's very heavy. Like, yeah. seriously, like, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Is there, um, is there a certain way that black men deal with mental illness? Differently, because black. I believe that for it's black, bottling it up, bottling it up, internalizing and lashing out. Keep right. it to yourself until it until you lash out. Right, until you one lash happens out. right before the other. It's it's internalized, bottle, bottle, bottle. It's a, it's a, and I, the way I described it to my 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 kids, my students, um, it's a it's a soda bottle, right? Mm -hmm. You shake it it's like every time you go through something, every time every time you have this like bout of depression, and so on and so forth. You're shaking the soda bottle. Yeah. You're shaking the soda bottle. You're shaking the soda bottle. Eventually, it's got to open, right? Mm -hmm. You pop that top, and it, poof, it goes everywhere. Mm -hmm. And people who had nothing to do with 
while you're feeling some type of way, get the brunt of it, yeah. right? And it just spills over and leaks into everything. And I was like, we got to find ways to like settle down what's in that in that. That's a great analogy. So we did an exercise, right? Where we mm-hmm. took two soda bottles, mm-hmm. right? We shake one up, shake, 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 shake. Mm-hmm. Pop the top, it's blasting. <laughs> kids love that. It's like ah, it's going everywhere, it's crazy. <laughs> right? So then we take another soda bottle mm-hmm. and we shake it up, right? But we don't just pop the top. It's like tss. slowly. Yep. Mm. Tss. You're talking about it. Tss. You want to get therapy. Tss. You're like vocalizing it. Tss. You're finding an outlet. Tss. You get you're finding you're using hobbies. Yeah. Right? You're taking some alone time. Tss. Yeah. You're meditating. Tss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're you're antidepressants because that works with some people. Yep. Tss. You know what I mean? And then you're able to pop that top, and there's no mess. There's no mess. You know, lashing out is not spilling over anybody. It's, it's it's just you're dealing with it now. That's a great exercise. I think you just I think you may have just saved some people's lives. <laughs> right. <seriously. laughs> That's, that was great. That was so beautiful. I know I know we're like we're wrapping up, right? Yeah. So the podcast is called My Depression Got Jokes. Yes. So I have a, you have little, a joke. No, I have a poem. <laughs> oh, sweet. I was you got a joke. It's <laughs> it's like super heavy. Okay. But it's so outside of poetry, like um, one of the things that's been like a, a major influence in my life outside of music or whatever mm-hmm. has been comedy. So mm-hmm. I, ended, I ended up writing this piece essentially with my depression having jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was inspired uh, by one of my favorite comedians of all time was Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And to see him end yeah. in that way, like, it hurt. Yeah. It still hurts. Really I agree. It still hurts. Um, you know, on the outside looking in, he looks like, like one of the happiest people you've ever seen. Yep. And then to, you know, for a person who appears to be that happy, right, be that depressed yeah. to that point, um, it just goes to show you that, one, you don't know what's going on inside everyone, mm-hmm. and that we often do mask oh, our depression absolutely. with laughter yep. and jokes and I'm okay and, you know, yeah. whatever, and ha you know, we just laugh about it and mm-hmm. laugh about it until the point where you, you just can't. Yeah. And if we don't say anything, then this is, this is potentially what could happen. Right. Um, so anyway, the, the piece was inspired by, by that, but... Since I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's called the po- the podcast is my depression guy jokes. <laughs> I wanted to read the piece. If that's cool with you, absolutely. All right. Um, for Robin Williams, Mitch Hedgeberg, uh, Freddie Prince, and all the comedians who gave us life and laughter, even when they were dying inside. Uh, this is depression does a set. I make jokes about death more often than I should, and I laugh. I kid. I have to. I mean, you have to find a way to chuckle when you've stacked your body weight, when you've stacked your body weight in suicidal thoughts and plans and actions, and when all the setups sound like a death drop, you are scared to talk. You become your favorite comedian, and it sounds crazy, but you laugh. I mean, fuck crying. Crying is so five overdoses ago, and morbid humor, morbid humor, that's the new black, more vibrant than my last depression, and ain't that the showman's curse, a colorful cast of comic relief? A prism casting colorful retort under a spotlight, a searchlight to the prison that is my mind, and I am a death penalty just waiting to happen. What I mean is sad people just make people sad. Hmm. So instead, here's this hilarious passive-aggressive cry for help. (laughs) I got a joke. What do you get when you mix 13 painkillers and a noose? Rope burn and a good night's sleep. That's comedy, right? That's... That's coping, that's burying scars, but better to bury than to be buried, I always say. I mean, if you can't laugh at the pain, then what can you do with it? But you can't load a revolver with it, your hands shake too much. You can't punch line your car into a tree, the airbags can't take a joke. All right, I got another one. Mm. 
what do you call a day's worth of suicide attempts? If you do it right, you call it your last day, you do it wrong, you call it a long day or the next day, and the world will call it a cry for attention. And I have been asked, well, why would you make light of something so dark? But when life feels asphyxiating, then it's exciting just to breathe. And it looks like laughing, but this, <laughs> this is gasping for air. A grateful sigh when I think about how many times death has been another gag. I got one more for you. What do you call a hilarious pun about suicide? A real wrist splitter. Mm. You, know, you know what I envy about that joke? How it always flatlines. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I always love his work. Where can we, where can we see that poem? Right. Please tell so us. that piece is featured in my new book that okay. is coming out uh, the 22nd of February. Nice. Um, it is available for pre-order uh, if you go on 310brownstreet.com. That's the publisher. Um, so yeah, that's my, it is my third book, my third collection of work. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's coming out in February, February 22nd. And uh, we're having like an official like book release are we gonna, are we are we are we making news right now because we haven't released yeah, like, the info of that just yet? Yeah, because this where are they, you really about to make news right now? Yeah, like what, are, are, we, are we doing it? Well, wait, when is news? this gonna? When are we gonna air this? This is airing this week. This week, okay, good. Yeah. So okay. March, right? Okay, it's the first Tuesday. First Tuesday, in March. It is. So March fifth, March fifth. Um, it's an official book release for my second and my third book. Uh, it's going to happen at Tuesday versus um, coming home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> coming oh. home to, uh, to, to have this official release. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Nice. Um, so we, Tuesday we versus. Can't wait to have it. We seriously can. So March 5th, Tuesday versus a East Ethiopian restaurant nice. uh, in Shaco Bottom, 17th and Main. Um, nice. Cool. Guys, see, well, it was funny you beat me to the punch. I was just about to say, oh, well, so we're wrapping up. If you have anything to share, but well, here yeah. we are. Also, <laughs> Tuesday versus is every Tuesday yes. at this Ethiopian restaurant. We start at eight, we go till twelve, and it's always a seven dollar cover. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure that you reintroduce yourselves to the folk that are listening live, and then the folk that are we that'll be listening on the internet once this goes up. So definitely reintroduce yourself so they can and let them know where they can follow you. Go ahead, well, you can follow me on Instagram at Onaje Imaging. That's spelled O-N-A-J-E Imaging. Mm -hmm. And you can also follow me on Facebook under the same name. Nice. Um, so, uh, Douglas Powell, Roscoe Burnham's, we answer to both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll find me on pretty much like all like social media for the most part as uh, Roscoe Burnham's, B-U-R-N-E-M-S, that's mm -hmm. Burnham's. Uh, or The Writer's Den, RVA. Um, nice. The Writer's Den is an art collective that I founded um, about almost five years ago. We run a, a poetry slam once a month, last mm -hmm. Thursday of the month, also at a Dece Ethiopian restaurant. Okay. Uh, and we're also um, facilitators for like workshops, panels, and so on and so forth, discussing using spoken word and poetry as a way of uh, act, using, using it for activism, using it to talk about mental health, using it to talk about um, you know, you know, racial equity, just a number, a myriad of things, um, in using art as that vehicle. Nice. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and uh, my books are dropping. My book, my second book was released uh, in December, December twelfth. Uh, it's available on Amazon. 
Uh, it's called Chrysalis Under Fire. Chrysalis, like the things that the butterflies be in. <laughs> <laughs> People were like, like, who is Chris? Who is Chris in this? And that's a cute name for a baby. <laughs> so it's, it's called Chrysalis Under Fire. It's, an, it's, it's, an inter, it's a, a poetic investigation of prejudice in America. Um, and uh, God, Love, Death, and Other Synonyms. That's the latest book. Nice. Uh, and that's like a more introspective, uh, journey, introspective journey of um, how... Uh, our relationship with spirituality, our relationship with each other, uh, our relationship with how we view life and death, mm-hmm. um, not only intertwine, but also affect our mental health. That's beautiful. Nice. Okay. So this show <laughs> has been full, has been filled with so many gems. I want you to make sure that you follow both of these incredible individuals on everything that they're doing. And let me see. We will actually be having a, because February was definitely all black, but... Next week, if you all can make it, we're going to be doing both. And we did women last week. We did men today. We're going to be bringing everyone back together next week. So if you're down and you want to come yeah, through. I can see what my schedule looks like. There we go. So he that's what we'll nothing. be doing. <laughs> 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 he I ain't, got, I ain't got shit to do. So it's like, <laughs> you know, we'll be working on like a musical project. We were supposed to be doing that like a long time it's ago. It's coming. So it's going to come at some point. So you're very I'm putting, busy. I'm don't, putting the don't pressure on him. You're a very busy man. You got a lot happening right now. Let's see some of that dies down. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so grateful and so thankful that you guys came to the studio. Uh, Anytime yes. you ever want to come back in, just let me know. Thanks enjoy. for I got some me. stuff on my heart. I want to talk about some stuff. So, listen, so, thank you so much for having me. Like, this has been an incredible experience. Like, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so, we really do appreciate it. Oh, no, no problem. I think I'm just grateful that y'all have been here to share with us, with live folk and the people that's going to be on the internet later. So, <laughs> My Depression's Got Jokes is a podcast brought to you by Legacy Internet Radio. Uh, Joaquin Carew does our intro and outro music. Uh, Marcus J is our lead producer. Jess Snyder created our playlist and much love to my co-host who hopefully found his lungs. Uh, Montreal White, he'll better, Montreal. he will be with us next week. And until next time again, this is my Depression's Got Jokes. My name is Joy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>